Want to go see your favorite college or pro team? Go to TickSplits. TickSplits provides you with the same great seats, but without the service fees. Use promo code WAR and save 5% off on all purchases at TickSplits.com or on the TickSplits app. That's promo code WAR, W-A-R-R, for 5% off on great seats to all of your favorite events. Remember, TickSplits provides you with the same great seats, but without the service fees. That's TickSplits, T-I-X-V-L-I-T-Z.com. Visit today. Welcome to another fun-filled Monday edition of Second City Sports. We're live and in living color. The first show for the month of May for us right here on Sports Zone Chicago, along with Miss Lakeem McGee, which is she. I am Sydney Brown. Hey, that's me. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, that's S-I-D-K-I-D-8-0. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-8-0. You can follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan Score McGee on the IG. Make sure you download the Sports Hall Chicago app. You want to know why? Because we said so, that's why. And also, too, you can watch and listen to uh, all of our other live shows, five of them throughout the week. If you happen to miss them, you can watch them and, and listen to them and catch them at your own leisure. show. So make sure you download that Sports Zone Chicago app today. Also, you can follow Sports Zone Chicago on all social media platforms. That's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Once again, find Sports Hall Chicago on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. You want to catch our podcast? Second City Sports, you can do so by subscribing to War on Anchor. We are available on all podcast platforms, including the iHeartRadio app. Make sure you type this in your search engine boxes on those podcast platforms. You ready? W-A-R-R on Anchor. Once again, W-A-R-R on Anchor. And you can follow War Media at W-A-R-R Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Once again, at War Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. We are unapologetically fun, and we have very definite opinions. If you have any opinions of doing our a two-hour extravaganza, we call it Sports Radio Show, you can go to Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comments section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. But if you decide to troll and or do something stupid, or as the young kids would say, at, at ignit, I give a key, Lakina the full bolt to give you fools the bill and beer boot. Bye-bye. Good night. <laughs> I love when she says that. Our guest menu for today it will feature Mr. Will DeWitt. He is a co-host of the Chicago Bears podcast for, for, those, for the guys at CHO Sports Chicago. He's going to hop up with us next hour to dive deeper into the Chicago Bears draft picks for 2022. Of course, as you guys know, the Bears did not have a first-round pick, but they had two second-round picks in – and nine other late round picks. So we'll go over those picks in the outlook future of the team with Mr. Will DeWitt. He's going to come on with us next hour uh, to break all, all that down. Lakina, let's kick off this Monday edition, the first edition for the month of May for us here at Second City Sports uh, by discussing our two baseball teams first. Uh, the Chicago White Sox, uh, they're getting ready to take on the Anaheim Angels in a, less than an hour from now from the south side. They are currently 8-13 and 13 on the year. After another loss yesterday by the score of 6-5, to five, they made it interesting in the ninth inning, Lakina, but they came up short. 
They defeated the Angels on Saturday with the shutout win four to nothing. Tim Anderson laid off the game with a home run. Luis Robert, aka La Pantera, had a three-run shot as well to break that game open. Liam Hendricks was used for the first time since last weekend, straining his bat. He looked good, even though he gave up a base runner after losing the series opener on Friday. Lakina, I'm not gonna sit here and say I'm worried just yet, but I am sick of hearing people say that they have time. Now that we're into the month of May, well, it's time to it's time to make some moves. Now, what's the saving grace? And we said well, yeah. this on our last show on Friday. They're they're in the AL Central, even though the Twins. We'll get into the uh, the rest of the MLB uh, action from the weekend uh, in a few minutes. But even though the Twins took two out of three from Tampa Bay, I'm still not convinced they're going to take off and run away with this division. But if you're the White Sox, I'm uh, I don't want to hear this too much longer. Say, oh, it's early, it's early. We're experimenting. You're a professional team. Let's go. Let's get some sense of urgency. Get your head out of your ass. Let's go. Well, yeah, it's one of those things where you're, you're kind of like you are. You should be starting to worry a little bit at least because, yeah, you can say the injuries, but, you know, guys have been struggling. The pitching has been struggling. You know, they've left. They had a – they actually made it interesting, like you said, in yesterday's game by, mm -hmm. you know, loading the bases. But, unfortunately, they, they did score a run, but it didn't – you know, there wasn't enough. And I, and I feel like you can blame the injuries. You can blame, you know, guys still trying to find their way in certain parts. But also at the same time, you, you have to – wonder like is the personnel thing is it just maybe yeah it's early and you know there was no spring training you can't really use that we're only about we're about a month in now you can't really use mm -hmm. that as an excuse anymore so yeah can they figure it out sure you know can will guys when guys start coming back from you know the il and such you know look joe kelly it looks like he might be on his way here soon you know Luis robert as well and, and I'm, I'm wondering though at this point you know what can you sort of look in the mirror and sort of say, is it really bigger than just, oh, it's injuries? Because if we get to the point where, especially as we get later and later on, look, May is sort of one of those things where you, this should be the, the turning point. So we'll see if this team, can the team figure it out? Can they, Are they for real? We don't know. I think that's sort of the thing with this team. You know, Are they capable of perhaps maybe putting a run together? Sure, but they got a very tough schedule. We talked about it on Friday, for especially for the early part of this month. So... They're gonna have to figure it out. They're gonna have to figure it out quick. And we talked about this as well, Lakina, on uh, during our last couple of shows. This team is pressing. Uh, looks like they got it together a little bit uh, yesterday, even though they came up short. Let's see if they can carry that momentum into today's game in the series finale against the Angels before you face the Cubs at Wrigley uh, for the next two nights starting tomorrow. But it looks like they started to figure it out yesterday. But before then, they they were pressing. I know that for a fact. They were pressing. What do we say, Lakina? Especially during the month of April here in Chicago, you cannot play home run. You cannot, cannot, cannot play home run derby in forty degree weather. That's just not going to happen. This launch angle BS and uh, fly zone foolishness. It's just not going to get it done. You got to play fundamentally sound baseball, and they were doing that during the first eight games of the season, moving guys along, stealing bases, and creating um, opportunities to score runs. You're not going to win it always with the long ball, especially during the month of April. Like I said before, they started uh, doing that through the first part of the season. But knowing, like you said, with the injuries that this team has right now, including uh, including a, a starting pitcher that's down in Lance Lynn, hopefully he'll return later on this month, at least that's the schedule. You're going to have to pick up the offense. We've been saying this for the last few weeks. And Dallas Keuchel yesterday, I was there at the game. Uh, I always said this. Uh, again, this Dallas Keuchel can – pitch quick games, but 
leaving um, fastballs in the middle of the plate. Mike Trout told you that you cannot do that to one of the best hitters of the game, and that's what happened. But the offense are going to have to pick it up. Now, going back to Saturday's game, Vince Velasquez, I didn't expect to see that performance from him. He he, he was throwing first pitch strikes. He actually left Trout and Shohei Otani, who's not in the lineup today, by the way. Uh, left both of those guys hitless. He was being aggressive. He wasn't flirting around the plate. He was being aggressive. And I said, hopefully we get to see that from him and all the other pitchers as well. And, and, and the White Sox took advantage of the uh, Anaheim Angels' mistakes on Saturday. That, that's how they won that game. Yesterday they came up short, but hopefully they can use the last two days as momentum to put a nice hot streak going forward. Like I said, it's going to be a tough schedule. We'll see. I mean, they should be able to win this this, this rubber match tonight. If we release at the very least, split the series with the Angels. Mm -hmm. But it's going to be one of those things where this is just the start of a very tough stretch for the Sox. So hopefully, you got you know, guys starting to come back. You got guys, you know, starting to produce a little bit. Hopefully, they can kind of get a you know mesh a, a run together. Because if we're talking, you know, we'll I'll, we'll give you a month. If by this mm -hmm. time in June. They're still, you know, Nandre with four or five games under 500. There might be some serious concern, but down on line, we'll just have to figure it out and we'll see what happens. Now, look, I mean, Tim Anderson has struggled a little bit. You know, yes, he had a, he was a big part of the White Sox, you know, keeping themselves from getting swept by the Angels on Saturday. And mm -hmm. it'll be interesting to see if they, they, they he can continue that. You know, Brayu has been kind of been up and down. You know, mm -hmm. Otani's got that groin injury, so he would not be able to play today. But it's going to be, it, like I said, it's going to get to the point where you're kind of wondering, like, you, know, you better figure it out. You better figure it out quick because, look, I'm not saying the Twins are going to run with it, wave the vision, but they're actually pretty decent. I'm not, look, I'm not saying that they're going to be like the team that might end up winning the division, but they're actually are pretty good. So you better take them seriously and, you know, we'll, we'll see where it goes. But uh, sort of in closing with this, because, we you know, we got, a, we got a lot to get to, especially within this weekend in baseball. I feel like the Sox can, you know, sort of put together a nice streak. They can, but mm -hmm. everybody has to step up. And we'll see once everybody does start coming back from injury. Look, you got you got the two gamer crosstown, you know, gamer gets a cub starting tomorrow at Rickley. Then you have you gotta go at Boston. Then you gotta host the host the Guardians. Then you have four against the Yankees who are on a hot streak right now. Mm -hmm. So it is this is when it gets really tough for the Sox. So if you can't, you know, put up together a nice little run, you know, you might be looking up at the standings and you might not be right there. Yeah, and I don't want somebody else, I forgot who it was, that put it out there this weekend on social media uh, saying that this could have the last year's uh, Minnesota Twins vibe. But, of course, they had uh, major injuries last year, and hopefully that doesn't go through the, uh, the south side this year. But like you said, uh, the Sox uh, better put it together and put it together. Now they're saving grace right now. So they're in the uh, terrible AL central division. Also some good news uh, on the injury front for the white Sox. Johan Makata looked great yesterday uh, with a home run in his uh, rehab stint. He's with the Charlotte, uh, the Charlotte Knights, uh, the white Sox triple a affiliate. So hopefully within the next week or so, then Johan Makata will, uh, will make his way back to the club up North because we could talk about his bad disappearing at times, but they uh, greatly miss him defensively. He's been great the last couple of years at that hot corner. Yeah, they really, they really need him back. Also, Joe Kelly's been pitching really well too, mm -hmm. also in Charlotte. So we'll see if he comes back. You know, he comes up soon. So look, they these looking up for the Sox right now. But again, you know, you hope that they can get it together and get it together quick. Now, as for the North Stars, the Cubs, they were able to avoid the sweep against the Brewers. Marcus Roman probably had probably his best outings since becoming a Cub. 
Mm-hmm. And it's sort of one of those things where, look, I think the Cubs are like, you got a pretty you know, good squad. You know, Wisdom hit another home run. And it's one of those things where you're, I mean, the, yeah, yeah, I mean, you're nine and 13. Okay. But you know what? You've got, you've got players, you've got, you know, guys that are really good. And I, I think, you know what? I think if you're the Cubs, I think you, you'll take, you'll know, avoid this sweep against the Brewers. Sort of a little bit of payback from earlier in the season. Yes, Marcus Stroman pitched a heck of a game yesterday. Seven shutout innings to go along with five strikeouts. I believe he had a walk in there as well, but he was totally in command yesterday. He was being aggressive. First pitch strikes. Uh, the Milwaukee Brewers hitters were off balance. And Marcus Stroman, that's uh, the kind of pitcher that you want to see out of him if you're a Cubs fan. Uh, he's your number one ace right now by default because Kyle Hinchels, who got Rocked on Friday. He he just doesn't have it right now. He gave up. I'm, I'm talking about Kyle Hinchins. He gave up three home runs on Friday. And for this series, the Milwaukee Brewers showed you why they they are a good team and they are defending NL Central Division champs. Because as we said before, Lakina, they're not there yet. Uh, they could put up some runs uh, at, at times, but they uh, they don't have the pieces right right now. And so it, there's a big gap between Milwaukee and Chicago right now. Uh, what's what's been the saving grace for the for the Cubs, and it it was it's been that bullpen we talked about it on our last show. Of course, uh, every uh, the starters in the relievers got uh, got their you know what's handed to them over the weekend. But yesterday, the strong starting pitching and David Roberts Robertson with the save yesterday really held it down for the Northsiders. Looked like a little bit of you know David Robertson from a few years ago, so that mm-hmm. was the one saving grace. Their bullpen's actually been pretty decent, so I think that's mm-hmm. sort of the one. The one thing that the you know, good side for the Cubs besides you know the hitting and such. So again, they've got a tough schedule too after the White Sox. They have three against the Dodgers this weekend. Then they have a, you know, a brutal West Coast trip. They got to go at San Diego and also to at Arizona. They should be, but then again, it's been a kind of in a house of horrors in Arizona. So we'll see if they can do that. Now they've got errors and they got they play Arizona again in a couple of weeks, and they have Pittsburgh in between and Cincy. We'll get to Cincy in a second. So. And uh, you know how putrid they are, but uh, yeah, I think this is the sort of thing where the Cubs actually have a shot, perhaps maybe being right near 500, where we all thought they would be anyway. So maybe show a little bit of you know encouraging signs. And look, they're not ready to win yet, but you know what? As long as they're they're, they're playing hard, they're you know being a little bit scrappy, and they show little spurts here and there. That's what you want if you're a Cubs fan. So going into the rest of the MLB, what what, what sort of caught your attention? Uh, the Baltimore Orioles, we told you guys on Friday, then uh, so right now they're not going to be as bad as we all thought. They took two out of three from the Red Sox. <laughs> I think it's more to do with the Red Sox struggling than Baltimore, Lakina. Of course, Baltimore has been playing hard uh, throughout this first month of the season. I know they got swept by the Yankees last week in New York, but they beat the Yankees the previous weekend at their home turf, and now they, they take care of Boston. So Baltimore, I'm not saying it's playoffs yet, but uh, this this young uh, squad had been together for the last couple of years. It looks like they're starting to figure things out a little bit. So Baltimore taking two out of three at home against Boston uh, was one of the, was one of the surprising results. Of course, we, at the top of the show, I mentioned Tampa Bay. They're still going to be a good ball club, but they lost two of three to the Minnesota Twins. Of course, uh, the, I know this is a series where you were, you were looking forward to. I actually caught a couple of games of this series in its entirety via this computer screen. It was the Astros and the Blue Jays series. The Blue Jays take it two out of three. Uh, Houston's still going to be fine, but it looks like the Blue Jays really have it going right now. It's not just their hitting, but they're starting pitching as well. Yeah, you know, that's been sort of, that was sort of their Achilles heel the last couple of years. They, mm-hmm. you know, they picked a couple of guys at Big Gear and they, they picked up a couple of other middle relievers. Um, Guzman had, you know, 10 strikeouts in that mm-hmm. in that uh, rubber match against them, against the Reds. I mean, against the, um, 
the Astros. So, you know, winning that series. So I think they're starting to hit it on all cylinders. But again, they're in a very tough division. The Yankees have won nine in a row. So they, you know, they've just been, you know, playing lights out. You know, it looks like, you know, Aaron Judge, you know, you know, stand also too. They're pitching. Their pitching has been sort of been a thing for the Yankees too. So, and that was their struggles. That was sort of their their uh their Achilles heel last year. So that's sort of been a thing. And also too on the other side of town in New York, uh, the Mets you know, won two out of three against the Phillies, including a combined no hitter on Friday night, just second no hitter in Mets history. Mm-hmm. Tyler McGill, Drew Smith, you know, Julie Rodriguez, Seth Lugo, and Edwin Diaz were the five you know pitchers that threw the no hitter. So. Yeah, I look. I don't know if the Mets are gonna stay near the top of that AL East. It looks like there's gonna be a very tough division. I know the Marlins have looked really good, you know, right now. I know mm-hmm. they lost uh, yesterday. They've won eight of their last ten. I don't know how long. They may not be for real. They might be able to come back down to earth a little bit. So we'll see what happens there. Um, the the Reds are three and nineteen through twenty two games this year. That's for the <laughs> that's second worst, you know, through twenty two games in the modern era. They only trail. If you will, the '88 Orioles. So it's been a pretty, a pretty bad start. If you're a Reds, I don't, I don't think uh, Reds fans are very happy with that right now. Now going back to the good part, though, uh, Anthony Rizzo's been hitting the ball very well for the Yankees too. So, but again, I think the Yankees are kind of both New York teams are actually looking really good right now. Yeah, the let's start with the Mets first. Of course, they've been blessed so far not to have any major injuries outside of Jacob DeGrom. Of course, Pete Alonso is hitting the ball very well right now. The big panda, of course, Francisco Lindor, after struggling with his first uh, in his first full season in the New York Met uniform last year, uh, he's turned it around this year. Let's let's see if he can keep it going. And also, too, they're getting some very good starting pitching as well. As you mentioned, that game on Friday, I happened to had get got a chance to watch that game in its entirety and it was a great performance both show walter their new manager uh and coming coming down from the tv booth last year uh those young guys respect them and so he's pushing all the right buttons right now uh are the mets are the mets a playoff team i believe so will they win the nl east i think the braves will have something to say about that i know they lost two or three at texas this uh this past weekend but it's going to be a tight race between those two teams i don't think atlanta uh will have something to say about it the mets are they should be commended for getting off to good start, but I still have a sneaky feeling. It's kind of what happened last year. Uh, the Mets were leading the NL East through most of the season. They didn't have a good, rec- a good of a record to start the year as they did this year. But uh, Atlanta's going to have something to say about that. I think the Phillies, me, I know Phillies are, I think they're struggling. They're up there below 500 right now, but I still think they might still have something to say about it too. So I wouldn't say the Mets are going to run away and hide with the division just yet. Same thing with the Yankees and the AL East. I mean, that that's like a very competitive division. So they look, the Rays and the Blue Jays may have something to say, and the Red Sox might sneak in there too. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Now, as far as the NL West, uh, the Dodgers, I know they had kind of like an up and down series. The Tigers kind of gave him a hard, hard time, but also too, congrats to Clayton Kershaw. He he uh, took over the record for the most strikeouts passing Don Sutton in the franchise history on Friday. So that's a you know congrats to him. I know the Giants they kind of they had some trouble with the Nationals. They lost two out of three there in that series, but I think they'll still be right there. The Padres yeah. as well looked really good too. I know the Rockies. You know they had a pretty solid weekend. They've won three in a row, but I don't think they're going to be a factor here either. I mean, this is like <laughs> what happened. This is kind of what happened last year. I mean, they were sort of like kind of right there for a little bit, and then they. You know, they just, you know, fell off. So I'm not too worried about that. I think the NL West is going to be competitive as it usually is. So that'll be an interesting vision to watch out for, especially we get closer and closer to June and, you know, the rest of the summer. And also, too, 
let, let's look at the San Francisco Giants. Uh, I, I think they'll be around uh, to compete for the playoffs. We all we all know what happened last year, coming out of nowhere, winning over 100 games before they got ousted by the Dodgers uh, in the divisional series. Carlos Rodon, former White Sox pitcher, he's uh, uh, pitching uh, Cy Young stuff right now. I'm not saying he's going to be a, a runaway candidate for the NL Cy Young Award. We still have a long way to go, but he's off to a good start for the San Francisco Giants. They're not going to sneak up on anybody this year. You should mention Colorado. I had a chance to check out some of that series against Cincinnati. That's what you're supposed to do, beat up on bad teams and, and collect the wins wherever you can get them. So, you know, the Dodgers, as you mentioned, I watched some of that game on Saturday night. Even though Detroit beat them, they did bounce back with a big win yesterday, taking two out of three from the Tigers. Yes, the Tigers are much improved, but if you're the Dodgers, you just have to continue a win series and, and get great starting pitcher. I know Craig Kimbrough, the former White Sox pitcher, had his second save yesterday. So long as they can get that bullpen intact and, and, and get some other starters outside of Kershaw and Buehler uh, going, I think they'll be okay. Well, yeah, I think Dodgers fans need to remember you're not going to win every series. You're not going to sweep everybody. As long as you win the series, you know, look, you're still going to look. You're going to be in the fights. You know, you got the Giants and the Padres to worry about. So, mm-hmm. I, I, as long as you know, take it one series at a time, I think they'll be okay. And in closing, um, I know that the AL West is going to be a very interesting uh, division. I know the Angels are at the top right now. I know the Mariners. They've kind of been sort of. They struggle a little bit in their weekend series. Um, we know Houston, we know Houston's, you know, and also to Oakland, Oakland got swept. So they're, you know, they're not playing very well right now. I think I know the, the angels are up there, but I still say the Mariners will have something to say about it. I think the Ash will have something to say about it in that division. Mm-hmm. So I think there's still a lot, there's still a lot of baseball to be played. So I think anybody that's in the league right now, I don't think anybody should just give them the division just yet. I agree with you. Houston, even though they lost two or three in Toronto over the weekend, they're going to have to, has something to say about the yes they took a step small step back not uh bringing back carlos Correa, but they still have a good ball club over there they, they were dusty baker's crew will be heard from between now and the end of the season that that's for sure all right so and that's you know, what we'll talk about well we'll talk more more baseball a little later on the show we'll talk mm-hmm. about what's you know this weekend series this week series coming some really good ones so but we're gonna go to the hardwood up next after this break um, a very entertaining game, a couple of very enter- entertaining game ones. Also, to some other, um, you know, conference semifinals that are starting tonight. And uh, uh, interesting thing happening in Utah, and already Bulls fans are already having big dreams. You know, <laughs> you don't say. Next. Okay, Cindy Brown, Lakina McGee, second season sports on Sports Zone Chicago, talking NBA and NBA playoffs right after this. AutomotiveMap.com presents the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. NBA Thursday, the Bulls dropped their second straight, 126-109 the loss at New Orleans. The Bulls are 42-31 with the setback. Zach Levine led the scoring for Chicago with 39 points. Kobe White had 23. The Pelicans got 30 points from Devontae Graham, 25 from C.J. McCollum, and a double-double from Jonas Valanciunas. Up next for the Bulls, they'll try and snap the skid tomorrow night when they visit Cleveland. The Blackhawks put a two-game winning streak on the line tomorrow when they visit the Vegas Golden Knights. Chicago with a 4-3 win at Los Angeles yesterday. Alex DeBrincat had the shootout winner. Colin Delia made 43 saves through overtime in just his second start of the season. Spring training Thursday, the Angels beat the Cubs 5-4. Today, it'll be the Cubs taking on the Rockies. The Giants beat the White Sox 9-6. Today, the Sox will face the Mariners. For lightning fast sports updates, download the Score app. It's free and one of the most popular sports apps in North America. I'm Chuck Sanders. That's the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. Nobody protects you from mayhem like Allstate. I'm a speed bump. Did you hear what I said? I'm a speed bump. 
And if you have cut rate car insurance, the cost to reattach your muffler could really be a bump in the road. So switch to Allstate, save money, and be better protected from mayhem, like me. Based on coverage and limits selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. In most states, prices vary based on how you buy. Allstate Bar and Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. Have you wanted to speak a new language but thought it'd be too difficult or take too much time? Then try Babbel. In just 15 minutes a day, Babbel teaches you conversations that you will actually use. With 14 languages and lesson topics like travel, business, relationships, and more, you'll learn what matters most to you. Babbel. Language for life. Learn a new language with ease. Go to Babbel.com to try for free. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Welcome back to Second City Sports, the Monday edition. We're live and in living color right here on Sports Zone Chicago, along with Mr. Kim McGee, which is she. I ain't Cindy Brown. Hey, that's me. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter in the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, S-I-D-K-I-D-80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. You can follow me at Kim McGee on the Twitter and at Kim McGee on the IG. If you have any questions or comments for us during during our now 90 minutes of extravagance we call a sports radio talk show. You can go to Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comments section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. Lakina, let's kick off this uh, second half hour of the top of the our first hour by discussing the NBA playoffs. Of course, this past Friday, the Minnesota Timberwolves are going home for the summer after the Memphis Grizzlies defeated them in six games. But we'll, we kick off. Uh, with we, our reviews from yesterday's games, and we'll get to the other uh, second round action that kicks that ki- action series that kicks off tonight. Uh, the Golden State Warriors and the Memphis Grizzlies uh, started their uh, second round series yesterday. The Warriors come out on top with a 117 116 victory. Lakina Steph Curry uh, did his thing for the Golden State Warriors 24 points in all five or 12 from downtown. Jordan Poole. One of the surprising young players in the league. He had 31 points and 31 points. And also to uh, Clay Thompson, even though he missed uh, two free throws at the end there, it didn't cost him. He added 15 points for the G-men. Yeah, yeah. So also had a big uh, defensive stop there too on John mm-hmm. Morant. So you have to keep that game from going. So, you know, they, it's sort of interesting that, you know, I know Grizzlies fans were very upset that they had to come right back after the emotionally charged, you know, physical, you know, series mm-hmm. yeah, previously against the T-Wolves. Now they had to come back on Sunday. Even though they did have home court, they did have to come back, you know, two days later and play the Warriors in the second round. But remember, they had plenty of chances to win that game. The game was actually very strange. Draymond got, you know, got tossed, you know, for some very uh, – Interesting activities with Brandon Clark and uh that, that you know, he got he got ejected too, you know, Clark did so. Mm-hmm. And I remember uh we'll just see if, they, if that does still become a play uh, flagrant too, which I don't think it was. I know even Draymond said you know himself, you know, years back that he was you know been uh ejected for worse. So that that the officiating, you know, in the playoffs so far has just been terrible. So yeah, that, did that, you hear Draymond whole... Green? Yeah, did you hear Draymond Green on his podcast yesterday? You know, he's part of the he was uh, the, the volume yeah. from Colin Cowher, he said it was basically a reputation thing. That's why he got tossed. I said, yeah, I get it. But some of that you brought on yourself as well from what he's done over of, on his the entirety of his career. 
Well, he was actually, I think he was doing a podcast like during the game because, you know, he had like, he had nothing to do. So he was just sitting <laughs> there. So I guess he didn't want to just be sitting there. But also, too, on a serious note, though, Jordan Poole had 31 off the bench, still mm-hmm. continues to impress in these playoffs and, you know, made some big shots uh, late in the game. Clay Toss only had 15 points, struggled from the field, really three for 10 from three, six for 19 overall in the, in, in the field goal range, but still made just enough. You know, he made that big shot uh, late in the game. Also, too, like I said, the defense is not on. Mr. John Moran also to Steph you know, didn't have he too actually didn't really have his best game. So it's interesting that even though the the sort of the big three didn't have their best games and you know Draymond got got tossed, the fact that Jordan Poole stepped up, the fact that Andrew Wiggins, you know, he stepped up. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's sort of one of you know, Gary Payton the seconds made, you know, get ready to feel older, folks. He made some I know. Key, stops, <laughs> key stops. So that yeah, see Kurt's really trusting him right now, giving him some key minutes in the playoffs. Uh Especially Gary Payton the second it gave him 23 minutes yesterday. They were all impactful minutes. Yeah, you know, especially put them in the starting lineup too. So you know, yeah, um, that's that's pretty big if you if, if Kerr trusts you to do that. But you know, look, they did what you know they're supposed to do. You know, showing that experience. I know Moran had you know 30, 34, and uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. had 33. They really didn't have no one else. I know, I know Clark had 12 off the off the bench before he got tossed with Draymond. Um, so you know, Zaire Williams have had 14 off the oh no, actually, that was Melton that had 14 off the bench for uh, D'Anthony Melton had 14 off the bench for the Grizz. So it, it's definitely they, they're, they're getting some contributions, but they need more. I it's sort of it, it's one of those things, you know, Dylan Brooks only had eight, and um, Tillman only had you know, had a field goal. So they're gonna need if you're the Grizzlies, like you, you're look, you want to play around the fact that no one just dis- no one respects you guys, you're being disrespected, you know, you're the number two seed in the West. You gotta play like it now. You had your chances, so we'll see mm-hmm. if the war as the as the series goes on. If experience does kind of become a factor here with the Warriors, especially with the core. Yeah, I had the Warriors winning this series in six games, so I think it's, it's, this series is a, a long, far away from being over. But if you Memphis Grizzlies, like you say, like Kenny, it was a tight, close game. You had a chance to win it there. Then with John Moran, I thought if he was a couple of inches closer to the rim, he, he would have scored it. The game would have been over. Golden State got away with one yesterday, but like you said, like you know, uh, Jaron Jackson, who had a horrible series in the first round against Minnesota, he stepped up as you mentioned yesterday. But who's going to be that guy to help out John Moran, especially in that backcourt? Uh, De- Desmond Bain didn't have a good game yesterday, he only had nine points. Dylan Brooks, uh, he only had eight points. So, out of those two, both of them got to step up to help out John Moran in that backcourt. And that's going to be sort of the thing. I think, you know, look, Morant, I know some people always say that, well, you know, Morant struggled, you know, so they really didn't do too much, but this mm-hmm. is the playoffs. You're going to need yeah. your stars to step up and you have to help him out. So it'll be an interesting series. I mean, I don't think the Warriors are going to run away and hide. I think I got the Warriors in six as well, winning this series. So it'll be interesting to see as it goes. We'll see what happens uh, tomorrow. So that that's going to be a very interesting uh, series, no doubt. Now going to the other game, from that the earlier part, earlier game for that 101 to 89 of the Bucks beat Boston in game one of the Eastern Conference semis. Even though by Giannis's standards, that wasn't his best game. He actually still had a triple double. He's a third. He wants to uh, play in the Bulls. That's probably why he said that. <laughs> I, I maybe I, I don't know, but uh you know, he had a triple triple double. Uh the third Bucks to deal you know, in Bucks history that you're joining Paul Press going all the way back to 86. If you remember those, uh, I think that was the, the round that I think they played Boston that happened. Also, Kareem, of course, way back in the early 70s when he was in Boston. So he joins that pretty elusive uh company. But it was actually true holiday that had 20, 25 points and such. So not really sort of the best, you know, best game, you know, like like I said, by Giannis's standards. 
But look, they made some key defensive stops. Drew Holiday was a monster defensively. He yeah. kind of kept uh, Tatum and uh, and Brown at bay for the most part. So, and I know having Robert Williams a third back for Boston, it you know will help a lot. But he only scored six points. You can kind of tell he's still a little bit rusty, so he's probably going to get, take him a couple of games to kind of get back into the rhythm. So this could be another good series. But, yeah, again, I mean, I think the, the, I think this is when experience sort of, you know, kind of takes the cake. Yeah, and I can't agree with you more. Even though I have Boston winning this series, Milwaukee's not going to go away quietly. I thought Drew Holiday was going to have a bigger impact on that Chicago series. He kind of did toward the end, but you saw what mm-hmm. he could do yesterday to help out Giannis. Now, Grayson Allen coming off the bench, he didn't have a big game scoring-wise, but his his energy, his presence on the, on the floor, especially on the defensive end, really uh, has paid off for this team, especially with that absence of Chris Middleton. As, as you mentioned, Drew, Drew Holiday really set that tone to help out Giannis on the scoring and Pat Connington had eight points yesterday off of two and four shooting from downtown. So uh, he really came in a fold as well, but Bobby, there's six men, Bobby, Bobby Portis, their uh, enforcer. Uh, he had 15 points and 11 rebounds. Uh, he really helped out, especially defensively yesterday. As you mentioned, Lakina Boston had no, no answer. So as long as Milwaukee continues to play like a team, this area, this series is going to end in a hurry, but if you're Boston, uh, the home court advantage is now gone. Uh, game two is a must win because I'm not going to sit here and say that Milwaukee is going to sweep because I think Boston is still a too good a team to get swept, barring injury. But if they don't get game two, you're really in trouble. You ask in that team that got kicked in the mouth yesterday in game one. Mm-hmm. If you don't win game two, you really ask asking that team that who has been playing very well throughout these playoffs with the sweep with the, of the Nets to win two games in the serve form, which is not impossible, but uh, given the potential uh, dangerous circumstances, that's really a tall task to ask from this team. Well, Boston was one of the best teams in the NBA in the second half, so they mm-hmm. need to start kind of, you know, taking up a notch defensively and start acting like that team. So you got to think Tatum's got to step up defensively. Uh, I know Marcus Smart's going to be out, it looks like, so that could be a big deterrent for for the Celtics, you know, maybe Grant Williams could probably go win some, you know, you know, get some minutes maybe from Al Horford. I know this mm-hmm. isn't his first rodeo in the playoffs, but you kind of wonder is A starting to kind of get to him a little bit. And they need more contributions from their bench. I mean, look, that, that Celtics team is pretty deep. Those bench guys need to step up. And I, I think if you want, if you don't want this series to end quickly, if you're a boss, then you better try to step up defensively and get more of your bench guys to step up. Especially Pritchard and White, especially uh, Pritchard, who's been playing very well f- uh, for them, especially in the second half of the season. Those two guys, and of course, White was acquired via trade from San Antonio at the trade mm-hmm. deadline. Those two guys are going to have to step up big time. They're going to be asked to play just a little bit more minutes. Yeah, just a little bit more, especially, like I said, with Smart being out. So those guys are going to have to step up big time. You listen to Second City Sports on Sports Show Chicago, Lakina McGee, Cindy Brown with you going into tomorrow's games, the rest of the semifinals, conference semifinals. Finally, uh, our buddy Spiro <laughs> Diaz will be, will be covering this game for TNT. He'll be calling uh, Philadelphia and Miami. Some interesting things coming out for both teams. Looks like Lowry's going to be out with that hamstring. And also, too, uh, Joel Embiid has that uh, orbital fracture on his face, so he's going to be out. Could miss you know, the first couple of games. So this that's huge news. If you're a Sixers fan, this could be – I, I know uh, Jimmy Butler is 100%. I mean, these two teams have really battled out this year. I think they split their season series. This could get more, especially with, you know, this both teams are going to be shorthanded. It's going to be role guys that will have to step up. Hard's going to have to step up. The, the, the bow has to step up for the Sixers. 
as for the Heat, I mean, you show that defensive you know, tenacity that we saw earlier this year. Why you were number one seed? You that that you know, again? You got Bam. Um, we'll see how Jimmy Butler is. So there's still like a lot and all the role guys like like Robinson and such. So it's going to be a very you know interesting. But I think the Sixers going to have the, the much bigger task. I think. For me, Lakina, I think I said this on Friday. If I if I didn't say it. I'll say it here right now. Tobias Harris is going to be my key player for Philadelphia, especially with, without the absence of Joel Embiid. He's been a borderline all-star during the majority of his career in, in various places. And when he first got to Philadelphia a couple of years ago, he started to play well, but for some reason he, he's just been inconsistent. Now we 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 talk about um, Maxi uh, having a, a breakout series with Toronto in their last series, but you don't expect them to average um, near. 38 points a game. That's where, where Tobias Harris comes in. He needs to knock down those outside shots consistently. He, he needs to be that go-to guy without Embiid. And so, and James Harden too. Let's not forget him. Uh, he got away with, with having a quote-unquote so-so series against the Toronto Raptors. This is a time for him to step up right now. And that, this is why GM Darren Morey brought him here, brought him to Philadelphia for to have a big impact on the team. So. Uh, the shoulders, uh, the the weight of the shoulders is going to be on James Harden. For me personally, is Tobias Harris. Now, on the flip side for Miami, you, as you mentioned, you got to watch out for that injury to Jimmy Butler. He missed the last game against the Atlanta Hawks, the clincher. But thank goodness that they have other players to step up, like Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero, and Bam Adebayo. This should be a huge series for Bam. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially with MB not being able to play at least for the mm-hmm. first couple of games. So. That's going to be the thing, and I, and I feel like it's sort of you know, who the role players can step up. Because I know that uh, Miami's a little bit banged up, too, of course, you know, with a knee injury to Butler, and you know, a couple of guys have been out you know, due to like non-COVID illness. That's what that's what they're saying. So we'll see if if tonight if the, a lot of those guys are going to be able to kind of be able to play. I don't know. There hasn't been nothing official yet. On, you know, we know that uh, it was like Kyle Lowry is going to be out, so – that that's another that's one thing that I think that's going to be nothing to look out for too. So yeah, it's it's kind of this is going to be one of those series where you're wondering, okay, which of the roles players will step up a little bit. So this is going to be like this should be a fun series. So nonetheless, yeah, I have Miami winning this series. Uh, I believe I had them winning the six, but I wouldn't be surprised if it goes seven because of the nature of the injuries. I know MB, at least the reports are out there that he's going to miss the first two games of the series. But if he comes back, uh, they will have a, a momentous swing potentially for the Philadelphia 76ers. Miami, as we mentioned, all season long, they're a very great defensive team. I don't see a reason why they can't continue to do that in this in this series, at least through the first two games against Philly without Embiid. So it's going to be a long, hard fart a physical series. It's going to come down to rebounding and take care of the basketball Whoever can do those two things will win this series. I have Miami winning this series. Yeah, I got them winning six. So it should be a fun series nonetheless. Now the other Western Conference semifinal. This should be a good one. You got Dallas and Phoenix. Both were battle-tested in their first round <laughs> for various reasons. I'm wondering, though, I mean, the key for me is going to be you know, the experience. I, I think the Suns are have you know, show a lot of depth, so we'll see how mm-hmm. – it looks like you know Booker's feeling better with that hammy. I, I know I know they're going to be a little careful with it, so mm-hmm. we might see him go in and out. Uh, CP3, you know, Aiton and Bridges and all those guys, like they're going to have to they're they're stepping up. You know, Jay Crowder as well. Now as for Dallas, now we look we saw kind of like Jalen Brunson have a breakout mm-hmm. uh, playoff game, playoff series, if you will. Now we'll be addressing to see if that can continue. I mean, look, these two teams. I think the I think the Suns like swept the series, or they may have only lost one. 
during their season series. So mm-hmm. I think the Suns will probably use that to their advantage. And again, the the role players have to step up for Dallas. And if they don't, the series is going to be over with. And they're going to be over, it's going to be over pretty quick. You kind of read my mind, Lakina, and that's why I want to start off with uh, with the role players in this series for Dallas. Uh, Reggie Bullock, he's been there for the last few years. He knows what this is about. Uh, he's actually done a very good job, so I expect him uh, to continue to step up for Dallas. Also, uh, Jalen Brunson, he had a, a breakout series uh, in the first round against the Utah Jazz. Uh, he had he dropped a 40-piece, as the kids would say, in one of the first two games of that series. And also, too, Spencer Din- Dinwiddie, uh, we all know the what type of outside shooter he is, so he needs to step up as well. On the flip side for Phoenix, it's all about outside shooting. And like you said, with the experience last year with the finals, had to blow in a 2 nothing lead. Uh, uh, they're driven by that more than ever. Like you said, they, I think at least through the first probably two or three games of this series, you still should uh, handle Devin Booker carefully coming off the bench. You saw what he did in the last two games of, of that Pelicans series. Chris Paul, we, we all know that he's going to bring it. But I'm looking for DeAndre Ayton. And JaVel McGee coming off the bench to two big men for the Phoenix Suns to really set the tone from the interior. Well, and I think also too, I think that the like I said, the role players, you know, the you know, Finney, you know, Doran Finney Smith, you know, for Dallas. Mm-hmm. I know he he had you know 18 and I think a clinching series against the Jazz. So we'll see if he just did a little bit more. I think Dwight Powell, you know, he didn't score any points. He was really no well, I think he got hurt. So I think that might have been a reason too. Spitter did what he will see some of that playoff experience you know, that we showed. That he showed, you know, 19 points off the bench there. So we'll see if you know those guys can step up too. Same thing with the Suns. I mean, I think for some, you know, in some cases, I think you know McGee, that's why you brought him on to kind of be able to use that playoff experience. And I think, you know, look, you try to get that home court and try to win these first two games at home if you're the Suns and try to kind of end this series pretty quick. But you're gonna get a nice little fight from Dallas. And also this is this isn't Jason Kidd's first rodeo either in the playoffs. So that could also play a factor as well. So I think it's going to be another one of those really good series. It'll be very entertaining. I think it's going to be depend on, you know, more guys stepping up. I think, you know, like I think Cam Johnson needs to step up a little bit, you know, has to step up too for the Suns as well. Mm-hmm. The both the Cams, you know, campaign. I know he's been a little bit banged up. I know he only had three points in that clincher, but mm-hmm. he's got to step up too. Biombo has to step up a little bit as well. So, you know, especially on the inside, whatever Aiden, you know, has to take a rest and such, or if you've ever, or if you know, knock on wood, if you're a Suns fan, gets into foul trouble. So, I think this is going to be the role player is going to be sort of the key here in this series. But I think I got the Suns winning him in six. So do I. Look, you know what player we haven't mentioned yet? Luka Doncic. <laughs> uh, well, look, I don't know. We know how, we're how, gonna how Luka, so. and him, or would you let him just get his and shut down the rest of his supporting crew? Well, I think I remember in a couple of games in there, you know, this year that they actually did kind of, you know, shut down Luca a little bit. There was one game where they did kind of let him. I think he scored about like forty, but they ended up, but they lost by like twelve or something like that. So mm-hmm. it's sort of one of those things where I guess whenever the wind blows, I guess if you're the sun, so if you do kind of let him, you know, take his, but then you know, let make sure everyone else is struggle. It's gonna be interesting. It should be interesting. Well, let's give you the playoff schedule for this week, including tonight in the NBA playoffs as the second round action is underway. Tonight's games, which is Monday at 6.30 p.m. on TNT, as Lakina mentioned, Spiro Deals will be on the call for this one as the Heat in the 76ers in the Eastern Semifinals Game 1, followed by Mavericks and Sun Western Semifinals Game 1. That's at 9 o'clock. Both the games tonight will be seen on TN can be seen on TNT. Now tomorrow, Tuesday, TNT will have another doubleheader action. Game two of the Bucks Celtics series will take place uh, from Boston's TD Bank North Garden at six o'clock, followed by Warriors Grizzlies 
in game two from Memphis. That's at 830. That's on TNT. That's for tomorrow. Now for Wednesday, TNT will have game two of the 76ers Heat Series, followed by game two of the Mavericks Sun Series. That's at nine o'clock on TNT. That's for Wednesday. And then Thursday will be a, a will be a day off for the playoffs. And then Friday will now ESPN will pick up the action at six o'clock. It will be Heat and 76ers from Philadelphia in game three of their series, followed by Suns Mavericks game three from Dallas at 8.30 p.m. That's also on ESPN. So that's your schedule for the NBA playoffs this week. Yeah, ABC will have the doubleheader there, uh, Boston and Milwaukee and Memphis and Golden State. And uh, Sunday there will be, of course, the Phoenix and Dallas and both the game fours of you know, Miami and Philly as well. So I'm assuming that this there won't be any sweeps unless something really <laughs> weird happens. I think it's safe to assume. Yeah, so uh, – just, just keep up the scheduling and such. You know, there's some, you know, there might be, there's always going to be basketball action with the exception of Thursday. So you're going to have your basketball fixed, playoff fix. So you guys have to worry about that. And that is your NBA playoff schedule for this week. You're listening to Second City Sports on Sports Zone Chicago, along with Sydney Brown. I'm Lakina McGee. We've got a few minutes left here, Sid. Apparently, there's a, there's a report that has come out saying that Rudy Gobert, you know, from the Jazz, you know, Utah Jazz, who the Mavericks speak in their playoff series just a couple of days ago. He apparently is demanding that either he or Donovan Mitchell be traded from the Jazz within the next couple of days. I mean, and I see... Is that Danny song, H calling you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that might be. I don't know. Uh, look, I think there's sort of weird things how all that works, but uh, it, it's sort of one of those things where I saw some uh, Bulls fans including our buddy Demons. Hi, Demons. I know you're going to be listening and watching this. Hey, he was already... Hey, hey. Uh, He's already playing with his uh, his trade machine, if you will, and apparently <laughs> he's got Kobe and uh, Vooch going to the Jazz for Rudy Gobert. If I were Danny Age, I would say, uh, uh-uh. uh, I would say, uh, slam the uh, slam the phone down, like, uh, I don't even take that call. One and and two, you know, does Rudy Gobert fit this sort of this sort of you know offensive, uh, sort of you know sort of a uh, pack that they have here? And also, too, I I mean, um, do you really think that they're that's going to be enough to get a Rudy Gobert? You know, injuries sort of, you know, he's getting older now. I know, look, I know he's been, he's three-time defensive player of the year. I get it. But again, also, too, you got to wonder, and if you if you guys saw uh, the comments from AK and, and Everett, well, AK especially, he said he likes the core. He likes, he wants to keep the core together. So for anybody that's hoping that maybe Gobert could probably get in, <laughs> they get Gobert, I don't see it happening. Although, you know, unless you know something I don't see uh, no, but I'll say this again, re- reiterate uh, this statement again, as I said on our last show. Will Rudy Gobert solve all the problems defensively from the interior that this Bulls team lacks? Yes, but with a heavy price tag, I believe he's getting paid $44 million a year, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, I think uh, I assume that uh, that trade went successfully for DeMontis, <laughs> a trade his version of the trade machine. Uh, would you think, at least by common sense, that uh, it will take more than Kobe and Nikolai Vucevic to get Rudy Gobert over here to the Bulls? I'm just saying, maybe of that. Uh, I know the Bulls have a first round pick this year, but you think it will take? Uh, you, I would think by offhand, it will take that first round pick this year, plus those two players, maybe another player. I'm just assuming. Maybe I say maybe you may have to put it because the Bulls are, are right up against the cap. Yeah. So you wonder, but look, you're 42 million. Yeah, you think is it is it worth it? Oh, I don't know. And it's sort of one of yeah. those things where I'm, I'm kind of like, okay, uh, 
This is why you guys should not be playing with your trade machines. This is why they're the professionals and you're not. You know, leave the trade machines alone, folks. That's all I'm going to say. So, uh, yeah, I think it's a pipe dream at this point. Like I said, we've been saying, look, they move in silence. AK and Eversley, you never know what weird things are going on in their, in their minds. But, look, I'm sure they know what they need. And hopefully maybe Lonzo can come back from that injury. Or maybe he may, they may have to come back and clean it up a little bit. But it, it's, I don't know. I'm, I'm at that point where I'm, I'm kind of like, I'm sick of that stupid trade machine. I really am. That, that, that they, it's a, so unrealistic expectations for that trade machine for folks. So that's just, again, that's uh, yeah. just me. Lakeen, I'm surprised you survived with little to no scars uh, going through Bulls Twitter because that could be a very dangerous place. As I always, just, they take things with a grain of salt that you go on social media. <laughs> I Look, I've said this. Look, I kind of just avoided it. I Look, I know our buddy Tony Gill says some really silly asinine stuff. I won't get into it. Just go through his Twitter, Twitter uh, but uh, you know, about the whole <laughs> love thing. Tony. I mean, yeah, we'll, we'll do it. Mm, okay. But yeah, they have a list. Of, <laughs> he, you know, he brought up a list of free agents, potential free agents the Bulls could probably go after. Some of those guys, a lot of them got, some of them got wear and tear. Some of them got uh, other injury issues and such. So I just don't see, mm -mm. a lot of those guys just don't fit. And I, and again, look, it's, I think it's slim pickets. I don't know. I'm sure you probably have seen the list, but it, is, it seems like there's a lot of slim pickets, I feel like. Yeah, it's not a great year for free agents in the NBA. We all know that no superstar players are going to come here for Chicago. But I do trust in this uh, organization with AKMG and Mark Eversley. They will make the necessary moves uh, to improve this team. Now that you made the playoffs, yes, you won one game, but it's time for you, time for this franchise to take another step up. If you want to become a, a championship continuing team, we saw what they did around this time last year. They basically overturn a roster that takes two years to they did it in one year. So mm -hmm. uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. But as we said before, Lakina, uh, they need a, a defensive stopper, especially with the interior. You, you may need two. you need two shooters to, uh, to help out this team because they really have no shooters. I know Lonzo ball before he got hurt, he improved his three point percentage. I know mm -hmm. Kobe white is a scorer, not necessarily a shooter, and so there's there's another big problem right there. So you need two shooters and defensive stopper. Maybe you get one of those in, with that 18th pick in the draft, and then we'll see what happens. You can what you can what's available in free agency. Well, again, I I, I trust in uh, AK and Eversley. We'll see if they can figure things out, and I think they will. I mean, they may have to maybe lose some pieces. They may they maybe they'll maybe they have something up their sleeve. Who knows? But uh, we'll see what happens with that uh, hour one in the books. I went by pretty quick, sis. So I got to say, I got yes. time flies. But uh, hour two, we're gonna have even more fun. We're gonna have Will Dewitt from CHGO, the Bears Insider, there to talk about the Bears Bears draft, also to the rest of the NFL draft. As well, uh, Bears fans are a little antsy about some of the picks that were made. Uh, we'll ask Will about that coming up next. Hello, <laughs> is, hello is Sydney Brown. I'm Akina McGee, Second City Sports on Sports on Chicago. And uh, stay tuned for round number two. AutomotiveMap.com presents the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. NBA Thursday, the Bulls dropped their second straight, 126-109 the loss at New Orleans. The Bulls are 42-31 with the setback. Zach Levine led the scoring for Chicago with 39 points. Kobe White had 23. The Pelicans got 30 points from Devontae Graham, 25 from C.J. McCollum, and a double-double from Jonas Valanciunas. Up next for the Bulls, they'll try and snap the skid tomorrow night when they visit Cleveland. The Blackhawks put a two-game winning streak on the line tomorrow when they visit the Vegas Golden Knights. Chicago with a 4-3 win at Los Angeles yesterday. Alex DeBrincat had the shootout winner. Colin Delia 
made 43 saves through overtime in just his second start of the season. Spring training Thursday, the Angels beat the Cubs 5-4. Today, it'll be the Cubs taking on the Rockies. The Giants beat the White Sox 9-6. Today, the Sox will face the Mariners. For lightning fast sports updates, download the Score app. It's free and one of the most popular sports apps in North America. I'm Chuck Sanders. Dance the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. Nobody protects you from mayhem like Allstate. I'm a speed bump. Did you hear what I said? I'm a speed bump. And if you have cut rate car insurance, the cost to reattach your muffler could really be a bump in the road. So switch to Allstate, save money, and be better protected from mayhem, like me. Based on coverage and limits selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. In most states, prices vary based on how you buy. Allstate Bar and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. Have you wanted to speak a new language but thought it'd be too difficult or take too much time? Then try Babbel. In just 15 minutes a day, Babbel teaches you conversations that you will actually use. With 14 languages and lesson topics like travel, business, relationships, and more, you'll learn what matters most to you. Babbel. Language for life. Learn a new language with ease. Go to Babbel.com to try for free. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Welcome back to hour number two of Second City Sports, the Monday edition, right here live in the Living Color on Sports Zone Chicago, along with Miss Lakina McGee, which is she. I am Sydney Brown. Hey, that's me. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, it's CK80. That's S I D K I D 80. That's S I D K I D 80. You follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan McGee on the IG. We have 60 minutes left of this extravaganza we call a sports radio talk show. If you have a question or comment for our next guest, you can go to Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comment section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. Join us right now. He's part of an amazing team over there at CHO uh, Sports uh, covering the Chicago Bears along with Adam Hogue. Big old lineman, Olin Krutz, and his continuing to be his uh, partner. Park has partner Mr. Nicholas Moreno. Here comes our guy. Hopefully he likes us. Uh, I reached out yeah. to him over the weekend and said, let's just come over here and talk about the Bears draft picks and the future outlook of the, of the team. He does a great job over there at CHO Chicago Sports uh, covering the Chicago Bears. Here's Mr. Will DeWitt. Will, welcome to our show. How are you? Hey, guys. I'm doing great. Sydney, Lakina, awesome to meet you both here on the show and uh, glad to be here and talk some Chicago Bears football. Like you said, Really busy weekend for the Chicago Bears with their draft, and I'm excited to you know give you some insight on it. Yeah, so let, let's get it started. Of course, with, with the, their first second round pick, uh, the Bears selected uh, defensive back Kyler Gordon out of the University of Washington. He's a versatile defensive uh, defensive back. Of course, we talked about it on the show. Lakin and Jalen Johnson, who's been injury prone a little bit throughout his first couple years in the league. Uh, the rest of the the Bears secondary stinks. You really have nobody left. We saw that the last couple years. I know that you can find some impact players later on uh, in the later rounds of the draft, but I really like this move. I think that the, the Bears need players to step in and contribute right away. I think Kyler Gordon does that. What say you about Mr. Gordon? Well, I mean, why am I here? Because you already did such a great job there, Sydney, of breaking down <laughs> Kyler Gordon. <laughs> 
No, but you're 100% correct. He's going to be starting week one opposite of a Jalen Johnson. And what's the best part is he's a natural fit in terms of like what the Bears are trying to accomplish here with their defensive scheme and how it's kind of transitioning. The Bears get another bigger corner uh, who can fit into this cover to defense. Really good in playing that zone, watching the quarterback's eyes, making breaks on the football, and he's super athletic as well. So he has all the you know physical tools. Uh, he's also been known to being a great leader, a great teammate, which is a big theme throughout most of the Chicago Bears draft picks this season. And he's someone that should be able to step in and be an upgrade over a Kendall Vildor and whoever the heck they wanted to throw out there last year. Because offenses, <laughs> right? Well, mm, you may as well call him like Kendall, you know, build open door. I don't know. He was just seemed like it was just way too easy uh, on that side of the field. But that's going to be interesting because now it's going to make quarterbacks sink a little bit more. And if they can't always just pick on the opposite side and you're going to have to throw Jalen Johnson's way, his production should even increase as well. So overall, this strengthens the defense in you know multiple ways. And Kyler Gordon, too, I talked about like his coverage skills. He's also not a slouch uh, in terms of like run support as well. He'll get in there. He'll get his nose dirty and make plays in the football in the box. So he's a, you know, like you, a great pick. A lot of Bears fans were hoping receiver, hoping offensive line. Ryan Pohl says, hey, we looked at our board and we could have went one of those directions, but Kyler Gordon was so much higher on our board. He was a top ranked guy and we needed to bring in the best player available to bolster this Bears team. And I'm, I'm very glad that he did that because this is such a, a breath of fresh air compared to like what Ryan Pace did. Cause he always said best player available, but really in hindsight, like, do you really believe it? Like was Adam Shaheen really a best player available in the second mm-hmm. round? I don't think so. Uh, so Kyler Gordon being that BPA guy, uh, someone that can contribute day one and improve this defense. What's there not to like? Well, well, and also too, he didn't give up a touchdown either when he, those 18 games he played at Washington, he was actually one of the few bright spots in those Washington teams the last couple of years. So I guess there's a little bit, you know, a little bit of uh, consolation there for the Bears. Now going to their one of their third round uh, picks, uh, Vilas, Vilas Jones Jr. from Tennessee, you know, very speedy, uh, you know, ran a, a 4-3 in the combine. And I remember he had about like, I think he had like about 15 touchdowns, like 824 receiving yards. You know, he's 25. So I think, well, that's probably because of the COVID years to kind of take advantage of that. When you had like guys like Pickens and the other, other guys, you know, other wide receivers, younger receivers available. what do you think about that pick? I'm a big fan. I actually mocked him to the Chicago bears uh, beforehand. And I know a lot of bears fans are kind of on the fence about it. And a lot of it, unfortunately is that age being 25 older than most, but it's a little bit of a different world for the next couple of years when it comes to the NFL and his drafts, just due to like the COVID ramifications. And for me, he's someone that started off at USC, ended up transferring to Tennessee during the COVID year. So it took him a little bit of time to get his, you know, feeling and getting comfortable in that new environment, that new situation. But he really balled out this year. And a lot of people are like, look, he was in college six years, like how, and he had one really good year. Like, what do you take of it? I look at it as like, here's a kid who early on in his college career didn't probably have the production that he was looking for and hoping for, stayed with it, kept his NFL dream alive and was able to achieve it. And for Ryan Poles, who said, hey, I want guys who can prove resilience. To me, that's a case in point example here when it comes to Bayless Jones Jr. And what the Bears are getting out of him is a yards after the catch. I think the term I've seen on Twitter now is monster, but that's a big reason why I mocked him to the Bears. Because over the last few seasons, outside of Darnell Mooney, the Bears have had issues making yards after the catch and leaving a lot of you know plays to be made, and the playmakers just weren't there. But with Bayless Jones Jr., he led the entire draft class, averaging over eight yards per uh, reception after 
the catch. So he's someone that Justin Fields can get the ball out quick, whether it be a screen, a slant, uh, in this guys who can like, you know, he can make defenders miss. He's bigger than some other receivers. So he can run through guys. So that physical tone setting receiver type is something else uh, that's unique about him and that I like. And Ryan Poles coming from Kansas city last year, had two guys in the NFL in the top 10 in yards after the catch and Travis Kelsey and uh, Michael Hardman. So if you're looking at like, why is this important? Well, number one, the bears are lacking it. And they have Ryan Poles who's now running the ship that knows firsthand how important it is to have those playmakers. And Mavis Jones jr. You know, he's 25, but if he can give the bears five, six good years, maybe even just four, that's still a really good draft pick here in the third round. We're talking with Will DeWitt. He covers the Bears for CHO Sports right here on Second City Sports, live in the living color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. See Lakina here with you. Now, Will, the Bears selected two safeties uh, uh, with their 11, with, uh, out of their 11 picks. They selected two safeties. The first one was J- Jaquan Brisker out of Penn State with their other second-round pick. Call me crazy. Now, I'm speaking as a fan, but once I heard that pick and saw that pick on my phone, I said, Eddie Jackson, you have competition coming. What say you? I don't think it's a competition for Eddie Jackson. How I look at this one is Ryan Poles looked at Eddie Jackson's career, and he knows he has him for a little bit of time here in that contract. And when was Eddie Jackson's best you know, seasons here in Chicago, 2017, 2018. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He had a guy named Adrian Amos next to him that was very underrated here in Chicago and kind of fits that same mold that Brisker uh, brings to the table. And it's funny because they're both from Penn State, um, mm-hmm. but this is like a more prototypical box safety, that thumper kind of player who can kind of take some of that pressure off of Eddie Jackson and let him play his best style uh, of being in that back end of the defense. And I think that's why you get a guy with a similar kind of skill set. If not, I think he's like an upgraded version of an Adrian Amos. He has a little bit more of those ball skills uh, that Amos has always kind of been lacking. Uh, well, at least what he was lacking. He goes to Green Bay and apparently knows how to intercept the football. I don't think he did that once in his time in Chicago, but that's what I see <laughs> out of it. Uh, I see it someone that's supposed to bolster Eddie Jackson because after Amos left, Ryan Pace was just kind of cheap, right? He just went with one-year deal, one-year deal, one-year deal. Some veterans never drafted anyone to kind of fill that spot. Uh, so I like Ryan Pulse's approach here of getting someone uh, who can also, just like Calder Gordon, add to the second secondary of this defense and be uh, like a long-term answer at the position. So I wouldn't say he's going to replace Eddie. My goal is that he's going to in- get Eddie playing back to the level that we saw uh, a few seasons ago, because if not, then like you said, we're going to have to find a way to move on because he's just not worth that money. Also to the, uh, some of the other picks for the bears, uh, they got a lot of O-line help and mm-hmm. you know, Braxton Jones, Braxton Jones from Southern Utah. I saw his tape. You know, he has a really good skill set. So I'm thinking, you know, maybe he might be kind of put in there right away in that old line, especially with some of the departures. Zachary Thomas from San Diego State. That's another guy I really liked those last couple of years. He was one of the reasons why they were to kept keep their quarterback upright. And also to the assets were able to go as far as they did in the sixth round. Also another sixth rounder, uh, Tri- uh, Tristan Ebner, you know, a running back, but could probably perhaps maybe beef up that running back, you know, too. So, of those picks, who do you think has probably can have the biggest impact right away? Ooh, man, it's interesting. It's so soon to tell. And honestly, a lot of them have a little bit to prove still in terms of jumping in. Uh, I think, you know, a guy like, uh, you know, you mentioned Zachary Thomas. You've mentioned Braxton Jones. Braxton Jones probably has the best chance or path to get on the field sooner than some of the other players here that you mentioned. Uh, just because of what the Bears' current situation is at tackle. You have Tevin Jenkins, who's coming off that back. Didn't get to see a lot mm-hmm. of him in his rookie season. And Larry Borum, you know, love him to death. Excellent, you know, 
person as well as he gave you a lot for a fifth round rookie last year. But what I like about it, and Ryan Poles mentioned this in his post-draft press conference, this brings competition up front. And that's what it's going to come down to. And if you have a guy, if you have Larry Borum who sees his competition and he steps up his game and Braxton Jones has to wait because of it, that's not a bad problem for the Bears to have. The issue would be if Braxton isn't as good as they thought and then they had to start Larry Borum just because of the fact that they can still add uh, a veteran tackle out there too in free agency uh, as we kind of get through now some of the ways after the draft. However, someone that the Bears could end up deploying a little bit more than maybe we're expecting right now would be a Tristan Ebner. Uh, I know the Bears have Khalil Herbert, David Montgomery as well, but Ebner's a real true zone scheme fit like Herbert, just a little bit faster as well. And the additional part of his game that I wanted to highlight here just real quickly from Ebner is that he is a really, really good receiver coming out of the backfield. He played receiver in high school. He was all Mm -hmm. state in that regard. And he had over 120 catches, I think over 1,500 yards uh, receiving as a running back in his time over at Baylor. So for the Bears, maybe that's like that Tariq Cohen-esque kind of player that they can use as a mismatch in the passing game. And and also he's uh, someone that can be a third down back too. So he does provide some additional value. Maybe this is a year where he gets some experience was not a lot, kind of like what we saw from McCleal Herbert last year. And again, David Montgomery, he's on his rookie contract. His final year of it is this year. I wonder if this is the Bears trying to play the long game because you don't pay running backs like you used to. Finding an answer because I I can't envision 2023 a one-two punch of Khalil Herbert and Tristan Ebner being serviceable, if not a really fun uh, duo to watch in this Bears offense. Yeah, C I E C I E Ezekiel Elliott. The Jerry Jones gave him that big money a couple years ago. He hasn't mm-hmm. Elliott hasn't have a has hadn't had had a good season since. Uh, I want to go back to the Bears' defense philosophy. Well, with you, they don't they selected only one edge rusher. And that was Dominique Robinson out of the University of Miami of Ohio. Uh, reading some reports, if you trust some of these reports before the draft, people thought that the Bears would, would go defensive heavy uh, with their draft picks. Of course. You can't fill all your needs in the draft because the team is still rebuilding. But I, I, with all the old players now gone from the Nagy regime, and what it looks like, at least from the outside looking in, Matt Eberflus is trying to uh, do like a Levy Smith type program, uh, mm-hmm. get some fast defensive linemen, uh, be in shape, lose weight, and go after the ball and create turnovers, which I like. Were you surprised they didn't go defensive uh, end, or defensive tackle heavy in this draft? The only one I'm surprised about is they didn't just get a actual pure defensive tackle. Uh, that was the one okay. that a lot of people thought they would address at some point. Now, there were some of those photos that came out a week ago of Larry Ogunjobi, their first agent signing that fell through to the failed physical, working out, and like the plates had Bears logos on it. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it seems like he's still very much in play for the Bears if he can start getting, if that rehab gets back on track. So that to me may be a bit of confidence uh, that that actually may come back uh, for the Bears and bringing it back in Ogunjobi. Uh, but outside of that, no. Uh, when I I ranked actually the Bears' needs uh, a few days before the draft happened, and defensive end uh, was one that was kind of low. Like out of the 10, I think it was like eighth or seventh. Uh, but on top of that, Dominique Robinson, just like Vela, someone I mocked to the Bears because I love the potential uh, that this guy brings to the table. Former receiver, moved to edge guy and he has all the athleticism in the world and it shows and even though he's learning how to play like defensive end and be a pass rusher there were a lot of reps last year that it just looked natural and he only has been had a little bit of coaching and Matt Eberflus uh, throughout his time in the NFL has proven he can get 
uh, not in household names to actually play, you know, better than what people would expect. And so for them, bringing in a guy, uh, bringing in a Dominic Robinson, which he's mentioned too, like, Hey, I trust my coaching staff. Like we're going to develop this kid. And when you lose a Cleo Mack, you have to find someone to kind of replace him. And not that Robinson's going to be a Cleo Mack, but he can be someone with all the raw tools that if they can really tap into that, give it a year, he can be a real like force for this Bears defense. And really, they're okay this year. You have Robert Quinn. I don't think he's going anywhere. They brought in uh, Al and Muhammad as well from the Colts mm-hmm. that knows this defense. As, and then you have uh, Jeremiah Tachu, Travis Gibson, another young stud that people really like. And his best ball in college was with his hand in the dirt. The Bears tried to make him a stand-up pressure. Now he gets to go back to maybe more of his natural fit. So I don't think it was a need this year, but I think we all three know like Robert Quinn's time is very limited. This is a guy that I think they hope they can develop in time by the, uh, that Quinn leaves that Robinson can step into his place. And we talked about it on CHGO. He reminds us a lot of Mark Anderson, who someone has that pass rush specialist for the bears, just like even the build uh, as well, what we would expect for him out of this exact defense. And if he can have a Mark Anderson esque, you know, career for again fifth round. That's uh, that's another solid pick for Ryan Poles. Okay, it, did Olin come back to the uh, to the uh, to the thing uh, during the draft? Because we all saw what happened. It was kind of like it was all over uh, Chicago social media after <laughs> the, after that second pick that the Bears took uh, with uh, the Cliff Brisker, and uh, he wasn't very happy when he had other O line guys, other receivers out there. Is he okay? Is he? Yeah, he came back. He he was only gone for like two three <laughs> minutes. I think he just got like we were on for. Uh, four hours that night. And I think he just got like a slice of pizza, honestly, and came back just kind of refuel for a moment, but I can understand his frustration uh, just from his perspective as well. But at the time, and I mentioned it on that show, looking at the board, uh, offensive line, the value didn't line up and Ryan Pulse said the same thing. And he just really stayed true to his board. He got another guy in Brisker uh, who again, like, fits everything they're trying to embody and it's going to be a day one starter. So I can't fault him for it. Uh, but yeah, no, he came back. Mm-hmm. We're halfway home with CHO's Will DeWitt, who covers the Bears for that great uh, website, is joining us right here on Second City Sports. We're live in Living Color right here on Sports on Chicago. Sid Lakina here with you. Will, uh, let's go back to Matt Eberflus. Uh, me and Lakina talked about this so far this offseason, uh, especially after what happened the last couple of years in the Matt Nagy regime. It looks like that Matt Eberflus will hold his players accountable, which is what I like, and that's desperately what this team needs. He's bringing in his own guys to help carry out that message. And is that the same vibe that you're getting from uh, Mr. Eberflus? A hundred percent. It's such a fresh uh, you know, breath of air right now because you have guys that are buying in uh, throughout the voluntary minicamp. You heard about it. Like the defense was playing mm-hmm. with intensity, hustle, and effort. And it was only April. Like they could just kind of go through the steps. They're just learning this new defense, most of these players. So they could have gone through the motions, but they're like, no, like, you know, we're going to go to the football. And the Bears are one new stat. I don't know if you heard about this that they're keeping track of this year that I, I'm a big fan of. It's called Team Tackles. So it's going to be like an internal mm-hmm. stat that they're tracking. And that means every time there's a, either a pass under 15 yards or a play on the ground, 
they want seven players in on that tackle and they're going to be keeping tabs and they're going to have like weekly goals. Like this week we want five game uh, team tackles. They're going to keep tabs on how many they get. And they're going to be holding players accountable for those loafs. Like if they could have made it to that tackle and they didn't, like they're going to have repercussions for that. And I think holding players to this higher standard and being very explicit of in terms of like what those expectations are is only going to help this bears team, you know, on all three phases. It's something that was lacking under, uh, Coach Nagy was a little bit more lackadaisical. Uh, and you've heard some of the reports that came out from like the athletic about even how he was treating Mitchell Trubisky. This, this is a like a night and day difference with Ibraflus. I think he respects his players, but he also like commands that respect uh, as well. And like, if you're going to be a Chicago bear, like this is what it looks like. And if not, we will find someone to fit this mold and having such a high standard to only elevate the floor of what this Bears team can accomplish. Do you think they bring back Akeem Hicks? I know there have been some various rumors that, He's still in contact with the new brass and you know, they might bring it back. They might not. What's your opinion on that? Mm, that's a really, really good question. Lakina. I, I feel like he won't be back. Like my gut tells me he won't. I, I think he wants to return. Uh, and he would always be welcome for me. Like I'm a big fan of Akeem Hicks. He embodies everything uh, that it means to be a Chicago, Chicago Baron, perhaps one of my favorite players to watch over the past six, seven years here uh, in Chicago as a Bears fan. Uh, but I, I feel like they're wanting to, you know, move on a bit and get a little younger there to position. Uh, and I don't know what kind of contract that he would want. Maybe if he's by the time he's, if he's still not signed in August and the Bears have a you know, roster spot and he's like, Hey, I'll sign for like a veteran minimum and it's not going to impact our cap. Maybe. Uh, but uh, my gut says he just won't be back. Uh, just because of the new direction that they're moving toward. And and the Bears are pretty fine up front. They have a lot of depth. I uh, have uh, Angelo Blacks and Mario Edwards, Kyrus Tonga, uh, just to be a few of those rotational pieces that proved last year. They can be really good uh, coming in off of the bench too. Uh, so if they do figure out the thing with like Larry Ogunjobi perhaps, and they brought in a guy, uh, Mike Williams from the Chargers, that front like defensive tackle spot, I would not be worried about, about it if Akeem Hicks does not return. We all know that it starts and ends with the starting quarterback if you want to win in the National Football League. Well, uh, Justin Fields, we all expect him to have improvement from year one to year two, uh, despite what he has around him. What personally do you think, from your uh, opinion, does uh, Mr. Fields need, needs to work on this offseason? That's a tough question because just through the Bears' scheme last year that we can all agree was not tailored to really best suit Justin uh, the no, offensive. he was set up to fail. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, a hundred percent. So that hurts. Uh, and then on top of that, the offensive line was in shambles, and the receiving core. I don't know. I feel like they're like when you hear like Allen Robinson is getting like phased out, like iced. Like that concerns mm-hmm. me. And I'm I'm glad that you know that coaching staff and regime is not here. Uh, but it's just hard to put a fair evaluation about like what Justin needs to do because it felt like everything around him was the problem. And so I'm keeping it open. I, I think he's been self-admitted. Like I got to get faster with my, my release. Uh, and then also what I really like about Eberflus having the defensive background and he's talked about it is like, he can sit down with Justin and they can talk coverages from his vantage point. Like, Hey, this is what the defense is running. And as the defensive coordinator, this is how I'm going to try to stop you. So this is how we're going to beat it. And I think that perspective is really going to help him. Uh, and I think just building chemistry with his guys, uh, the offensive line being up front, uh, if that's improved, 
should also be a big benefit. Uh, but from for Justin, uh, if the if I had to point one thing that is in his control last year that he needs to clean up would just be that ball security. Too many footballs yeah. on the ground, mm-hmm. uh, and that's something that you know he can hold the football a little higher when he's uh, scrambling. Make sure he's protecting it just a little bit more. Uh, but outside of that, I'm keeping a very open mind just because of how I guess just awful uh the situation was around him last year uh just to see what he can do and i know a lot of fans are hoping they would build around him a little bit more in terms like receiver weapons uh but it is only may 2nd uh we have some time to get in and we just get one veteran guy i think the whole receiver room changes a bit if you can get one of those top ones that are left which doesn't mean they're top available this year but i think you know what i understand what i'm trying to say where do you think are the expectations for the bulls for the bears i should say this upcoming season do you is maybe I know the over under kind of went up a little bit. It's like seven now, mm-hmm. where it was six, six and a half. I think was before the draft. What was the? What do you think is kind of like the real expectations for them? I think eight to nine, and I'm a Bears fan, as you know. So, and I'm always going to be slightly more positive than maybe some more traditional media. But I understand there's a lot of work here that still needs to kind of take place. But I can't help but just believe that. The new, as we talked about, that new culture on defense is going to help that side of the ball. Getting two young studs in that secondary is going to really make just make that elevate that jump uh, as well. So if the defense is better, which is already decent, but if it can stay around where it was, if not better, getting after the quarterback, making turnovers, giving Justin some short fields, and the offensive scheme is tailored towards fields, I mean, they weren't like out of a lot of games last year, they just kind of shot themselves in the foot like way too many times. So, and they've another theme of this draft class were disciplined players. Not a lot of penalties by many of these, uh, you know, offensive linemen, defensive backs, like they're disciplined. And I think that's another big thing. So I'm going to understand that. I think they're really going to be pushing for 2023, 2024, show some progress this year. And then we'll keep building on what I'm hoping is a solid foundation, a youthful foundation for, again, this Bears team was one of the oldest just a couple of years ago in the NFL. It's going to take a little bit of time to kind of flip it. And I think there's a really good start here. Uh, So I will keep my expectations kind of modest right in that middle eight to nine wins. And again, that's probably not even going to get you in the playoffs in today's NFL with the 17 game schedule, uh, which is okay. Uh, But that's kind of where I see it right now. Last moment or two with CHO's Will Durant right here on Second City Sports on Sports Zone Chicago City and looking here with you real live and in living color. Well, before we let you go, uh, of course, you were the founding one of the founding members along with your still teammate Nicholas Moreno with the Chicago Audible. You guys did a great job for years. You're one of the founding fathers of the uh, Bears uh, podcast, and you guys still do a great job. Great job now with CH. CHO covering the Bears full time now. Uh, talk to us on how you guys got started and where you ended up now. Yeah, so we started. Uh, I founded actually it was the Bears Brothers uh, at the time uh, in 2015 when I was in college. Uh, just I was taking an internship and uh, on some podcasting. It was on a I went to school at Indiana University and mm-hmm. it was an IU basketball podcast that I was on. And my mentor was like, "Hey." I wonder if this can apply to like professional teams. Like, is there one that you're passionate about? I'm like, yeah, I've been blogging about the bears for the IU student radio for a couple of years. Let's take it Mm -hmm. to the audio side. And I did that for a year with my uh, best friend from high school, uh, my original co-host, Brandon Hazlett, uh, who went to Purdue. And the one that was like the second to last post game show of that inaugural season, you know, like on the right hand side, when you get the uh, like recommended videos or similar videos, yeah, I saw Nick sitting in his dorm room doing like a post game show all by himself. And I saw that and I went through and he was doing that all season just by himself in there, just breaking down Bears games. And I was like, wow, like 
let's bring him on. Like he's in school like us, big Bears fan, and wants to do this. So I reached out and said, Hey, do you want to try this out? Maybe, you know, we can do something over here. And that was in 2016. And now it's been over six years together. And we went uh, from the Bears brothers, uh, Reed ran into the Chicago Audible because the Bears got good. And the NFL said, mm, we don't like your branding. It's a little, it's too Bearsy. I was like, okay, whatever. Like we're Bears fans. They thought we we're trying to pass off as like official like entities, but like, cool. Chicago Audible is an- They want really, your money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, the $45 I was making a month on YouTube, you know, like it's ridiculous uh, that they want it. The Bears got good. It was 2018. It was like week 12, like right before the playoffs, like- What's this root like? Let's just make everyone forget who you are and try to rebrand. But luckily, our audience was strong. They supported us through the transition. And the Chicago Audible was like, I think the rebrand actually allowed us to take it to new heights uh, as well. Uh, so, again, everything happens for a reason. Uh, so, yeah, Nick and I kind of hammered that out uh, for the last year and just always our consistency and uh, I think willingness to improve and keeping it optimistic, but also realistic from this fan hybrid uh, example. I, uh, fan hybrid like professional media kind of i guess blend that we kind of went for and i think we were a little bit ahead of our time on it now it's kind of getting a little bit more popularized and uh chgo reached out to us for an opportunity to take this full time because we were doing full-time jobs and this was always kind of like our side hobby or hustle and kind of passion and now for it to be you know what i get to wake up and do is you know write and talk about the chicago bears is a a dream come true and we're only getting started. It's only been two months in this new venture and I'm excited to see where it goes. Mm, sounds like a, sounds like so much fun. And I've, I've, you know, Sid and I, I don't want to you know, speak for him, but you know, we, we've watched your videos on YouTube and you're very mm -hmm. knowledgeable and you got some great people working around you for, especially on the bear side. We've had a lot of, you know, the guys you know, on here. So, you know, you're now part of the second city sports family. So you're, you're officially a member of the family. Will. <laughs> oh, anytime you want me here to talk bears, like I am more than willing to do so. Like I, I'm sitting at home all day, just thinking about them. So you can just always feel free to tap into me. Excellent. Uh, yeah. One more quick question for you, Will. How's it working with Olin Cruz? Is he a, a really a <laughs> nice, humble guy, or, or is he really that tough guy that people perceive him to be? <laughs> a little bit of both. It's okay. Olin. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we love him, but we wanted to ask you because you work with him every day. How yeah. how, how easy is the personality? For sure. No, I understand the question. Okay. All right, you can, you can follow where can people find you on social media and on CHGO, Will? Sure. So uh, for CHGO, uh, again, it's like the premier daily Chicago Bears podcast. Five Bears podcasts every week, one hour every single day. Uh, so if you're looking for your Bears fix, uh, it's great. It's myself, my co-host, Nicholas Moriano, Adam Hogue. Uh, it's at CHGO underscore Bears. Uh, is where you can find that Twitter, uh, which used to be the Chicago Audible Twitter. So I always feel uh, proud of that one, still promoting it. Uh, and then for myself, uh, at Will DeWitt, uh, my L's in my name are ones. Uh, it's an 11. Uh, but if you just type in Will DeWitt, like you'll see my face or you'll see like Chicago and uh, you'll know it's me uh, as well. But there's someone that has at Will DeWitt and they don't use Twitter and they just hog the handle. So uh, unfortunately, I'm stuck with what I got. <laughs> like you said things have yeah things happen for a reason so those two ones are very smart so anybody trying to copy that you can go hammer them so <laughs> yeah and hey 11 is my lucky number it's my birth month uh graduating year from high school it, it kind of follows me a, a lot of places and the fact that it fits here it's to me i love it uh, honestly I, I appreciate it adam uh, always gives me some you know crap for it sometimes about how it's weird to promote but eh so be it Hey, it, you, you stand out being creative and doing positive things. So that's what makes you stand out. So go for it. So uh, thanks, Sydney. 
Yeah, we get Real we got works. love for you here on Second City Sports. So that was uh, Will DeWitt from CHO uh, Sports covering the Chicago Bears. He does a great job. You can download the podcast by going to allcho.com or just right here on YouTube, CHO Sports, and you can uh, watch their videos daily uh, to get your Bears fix and all of the Chicago sports fix. Will, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to join us. We're definitely going to have you back on this program again, especially when it gets down to training camp preseason, of course, uh, the regular season. So you guys keep up the great work. We'll have you back on again soon, okay? Thank you so much, Sydney, Lakina. I really appreciate the time and enjoy the rest of your days, and uh, we'll talk to you soon, okay? All right, all right thank you. Keep mm-hmm. up the great work. Thank you so much. All right, take care. All right, that's Will DeWitt from CHGO Sports and CHGO Bears. Said we got to take a, a quick break. We still got a lot to do. Still, we're going to preview uh, this week's uh, games, series in baseball. You know, White Sox mm-hmm. have an early lead against the Angels right now, one to nothing. Also, too, we're going to talk some sports media news. You know, some interesting things came out this weekend on the media side and a whole lot more. You got to do that we- hockey, too. <laughs> oh, yeah. The playoffs start tonight. So uh, we're going to do, little- <laughs> uh, do a little preview of those of those respective series, too. So a lot to do still. Sydney Brown, Lakina McGee, Second Seed Sports on Sports on Chicago. And we'll see you in a bit. AutomotiveMap.com presents the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. NBA Thursday, the Bulls dropped their second straight, 126-109 the loss at New Orleans. The Bulls are 42-31 with the setback. Zach Levine led the scoring for Chicago with 39 points. Kobe White had 23. The Pelicans got 30 points from Devontae Graham, 25 from C.J. McCollum, and a double-double from Jonas Valanciunas. Up next for the Bulls, they'll try and snap the skid tomorrow night when they visit Cleveland. The Blackhawks put a two-game winning streak on the line tomorrow when they visit the Vegas Golden Knights. Chicago with a 4-3 win at Los Angeles yesterday. Alex DeBrinkett had the shootout winner. Colin Delia made 43 saves through overtime in just his second start of the season. Spring training Thursday, the Angels beat the Cubs 5-4. Today, it'll be the Cubs taking on the Rockies. The Giants beat the White Sox 9-6. Today, the Sox will face the Mariners. For lightning fast sports updates, download the Score app. It's free and one of the most popular sports apps in North America. I'm Chuck Sanders. That's the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. Nobody protects you from mayhem like Allstate. I'm a speed bump. Did you hear what I said? I'm a speed bump. And if you have cut-rate car insurance, the cost to reattach your muffler could really be a bump in the road. So switch to Allstate, save money, and be better protected from mayhem, like me. Based on coverage and limits selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. In most states, prices vary based on how you buy. Allstate Bar & Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. Have you wanted to speak a new language but thought it'd be too difficult or take too much time? Then try Babbel. In just 15 minutes a day, Babbel teaches you conversations that you will actually use. With 14 languages and lesson topics like travel, business, relationships, and more, you'll learn what matters most to you. Babbel. Language for life. Learn a new language with ease. Go to Babbel.com to try for free. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Welcome back to Second City Sports Live in Living Color on the Monday edition, the first show for the month of May, right here on Sports Zone Chicago. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. 
Like, you know, we have about a half hour, le less than a half hour left on today's show. I wanted to take some time out to, um, I want to take it back to the old school a little bit. Can I do that for a minute? What's up? Just like a now retired FM radio DJ, Tom Joyner, of course, he ran afternoons from 85 to 93 on here in Chicago on WGCI mm -hmm. from 2 to 6 p.m. He used to do this on his national show, which he went to afterwards for 25 years. Uh, he, he's, he said that uh, he, he, one of the segments they used to say on his show was uh, he, didn't, he didn't like to give uh, shout outs, mm -hmm. but, but he, he did it anyway. I would like to steal a bit from him just for a moment. I know we don't have any soundboards yet, but <laughs> but I don't like to do that. I was at the, I was at the White Sox game yesterday. I ran to two of our good friends of the show, two of our good colleagues and friends of the show. Shout out to Josh Nelson of the Sox Machine, and shout out to Janice Scurrio from uh, NBC Sports Edge, and she's the new co-host of the Chicago Sky Podcast with CHO Sports over there. So I saw those two uh, yesterday at the size game. As the young kids would say, we were chopping it up for a minute. I was talking with Josh and, uh, and I told him about uh, my prediction about the Eloy, um, Eloy's pos Eloy Jimenez possible return to the White Sox. You know, he's gone between six to eight weeks after the hamstring injury. And I told him, I said, June 7th against the Dodgers, Eloy is going to make his return. We, I said, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I just started laughing. So I introduced myself to him. And he's like, yeah, I remember you guys. And we brought, I brought up the – remember, we brought him on before the start of last season. And he said that the next time you guys bring me on, uh, the White Sox are going to have a new outfielder. I brought that up to him. He's like, yeah, I remember saying that to you guys. We both were laughing for uh, for a couple of minutes. So Josh Nelson is a very good guy. And, of course, Janice, we had we had her on here a couple of times before. She's a really cool person. So uh, both both those uh, both of those um, uh, colleagues and friends of ours uh, just wanted to give a shout-out, even though we don't do shout-outs on this show. But I want to give a shout-out to both – both those uh, lovely people yesterday. So they're really, really uh, very cool people. Yeah, we got to get them back on the yeah. show soon. So first, Sid, let's do, with that said, though, let's do that hockey, Sid. The NHL playoffs start tonight on ESPN, also the Turner, you know, the various networks. Interesting, uh, it, a very interesting article came out about awful announcing, sort of, you know, intertwining with the sports media mm -hmm. news. All the uh, the games are going to be on various, you know, ESPN, ESPN two. Now there could be some mm -hmm. overlap with the uh, NBA playoffs, so that's something to look out for too with some of these games. So we'll see what happens there. But uh, the first round in the Eastern Conference, you got Boston and Carolina. That should be a fun series. I'm wondering though, could it be like you know which of the top you know player show for both teams? I'm mm -hmm. thinking this could go maybe six, maybe, but you know, it could be it could be a toss up though. So we'll see. I got Carolina winning this series. They play very well as a team that gives uh, great uh, goaltending. And they, actually, they actually play very well defensively as well. Boston, you know, you have uh, um, Pastranic. Uh, he's one mm -hmm. of the top young scorers in the league. I know they kind of stumbled a little bit toward the end of the regular season, but I think this will go to full seven. I, I want Boston to win, but I think Carolina is just a, a little bit of a better team. So I'm going with Carolina in seven. Should be a fun one. This is probably this is the one series that I'm looking forward to. You got the, the back to back, you know, defending champs, Tampa Bay against Austin Matthews and Toronto. This one could go seven. I think this could be all depend on if the if the the lightning can slow down, Mr. Matthews. Also, too, let's not forget for Tampa Bay, Steven Stamkos and crew. This will be the third straight uh the, the last couple of years. Uh they played 
the most the the most amount of games in hockey, and, and then going mm-hmm. back to 2020, of course, last year uh, with, with that run. So these guys fatigue could settle in a little bit. So I know they haven't had that much uh, of a challenge throughout the regular season. Toronto, uh, it's been a while since they got out of the first round. As we mentioned, also to Matthew Shoot, win MVP, he scored uh, 60 goals uh, this year. He's uh, the American-born player. Uh, taking Toronto to new heights. So for Toronto, can they get past the first round? I believe they can. I'm going to Shaka here. I've got Toronto in seven. Mm, okay. Well, I'm going with the experience. We'll see the fatigue, you know, and, and you know, maybe old age, I'll, I'll say, because a lot of these guys are still around for those last couple of Stanley Cup uh, championships. But we'll see. It should be an interesting one there. Uh, the Blues and Minnesota, the Minnesota Wild. Sort of a, somewhat of a, I don't want to say Minnesota was kind of like the surprising team, but they, they, they've had a lot of, you know, good young guys. Mm-hmm. They got Cap, Kaprasov, who was one of the leaders in uh, points, you know, in the top mm-hmm. five in points. So I, I really think this could be one of those series where it could be a little bit closer than a lot of people are kind of predicting. I'll say St. Louis going by the experience, but I wouldn't be surprised if Minnesota pulls off the uh, quote-unquote upset. I'm doing the air quotes here, folks. are going to be listening to this. <laughs> I'm going with Minnesota in six. Uh, one, especially for you Blackhawks fans, a, a few of you there left are going to watch the playoffs. <laughs> mm-hmm. You don't have Bruce Bruce as your coach anymore. Of course, he's been he's coaching now in Vancouver, so that that's another element you don't have to deal with anymore. And number two, you have Mark Andre Fleury, and so mm-hmm. we all know. It helps. It, yeah, come playoff time, goaltending and great defense and timely scoring. Is what was the what's the two elements that's going to win you hockey games in the Stanley Cup playoffs? So, Mark Andre Fleury, I think it's going to be the difference in this series. I got Minnesota in six. Should be interesting one there too. Uh, you got the Kings and the Oilers. The Kings are back in the playoffs for the first time in a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Uh, Edmonton, uh, look, they've got they've got a lot of your know, great talent. The Andre Salo, you know, right up there in goals with Mister Matthews. So, but you got they you got to slow him down. This could be another one of those toss-up series. But although, like I said, the Kings have been been out, you know, the playoffs for mm-hmm. a few years. So I'm I'm picking Edmonton here. Yeah, I'm why, going with Edmonton. I feel like it's her. Yeah, yeah, I'm going with Edmonton as well. Let, let's not forget about Ryan Nugent Hopkins and right. Connor McDavid. Uh, Connor, Connor McDavid, McDavid yeah. as well, one of the best players in the world. So uh, the Kings have been doing it kind of with smoke and mirrors. You know, they've been in a rebuilding process. For the last couple of years, congratulations to them. Also, congratulations to Dustin Brown. This is going to be his last uh, mm-hmm. year playing in the NHL as well. So he's going to retire. I can't believe after 18 years. So I he's, know, support- he's been around a long time. <laughs> I know. I know. He, uh, I heard him on an interview uh, last week, um, 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 you know, on LA Sports Radio. So he was talking about his 18 year career. So I didn't know he's been in it that long. So I know he's he's, he's, he's my version of poor man's Jonathan Taze, but. You know, he can get in there and mix it up and scrap, too. So he's not as a, a big of a scoring threat as John DeTaze was. But uh, Dustin Brown brought two Stanley Cups to Southern California. So congratulations to him on a great career. But yeah, I, I got Edmonton in six here. Yeah, he was only, like, what, 18 when he first came on? He came into the league. So, yeah, so he has been around a minute. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, 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 gosh. I mean, good. It makes good us feel time. old. <laughs> I know, right? I remember when he had that, when he took it, those first skates. Oh, Jesus. Uh, when he was skinny, now he's all buffed up now. It's crazy. Um, should be a really good one here in the East. You This first round, these games start tomorrow. You got two of the original six. You got the Penguins and the Rangers. I know you've been lobbying for the Rangers, perhaps maybe, you know, get into the Stanley Cup playoffs, or at the very least, you know, coming out of the East. Um, so w- what do you think? I know uh, Strugigan is the uh, great uh, goalie, definitely uh, passing the torch from uh, one Henry Lundqvist. So he's yeah, he made it. Yeah, 
Yeah, so uh, this will be interesting, though. You know, Crosby and, um, you know, he's getting up there, too. So mm -hmm. this could be one of those sort of top series that a lot of people are going to be gravitating towards, I feel like. It could be a lot of scoring, but I think it's going to come down to the power play for both of these teams. I don't know. The Rangers are up there uh, in, mm -hmm. in terms of power play. And like you said, great goaltending. I think that's what separates uh, the Rangers from the Penguins uh, ultimately. I know Crosby's been healthy for the last couple of years. I know Pittsburgh, uh, they still have some good young talent missed in with those veterans uh, to go along with, the, with Crosby and Malkin as well. But Pay attention to, especially for you old school Blackhawk fans, pay attention to this name, Arturi Panarin. I think he's going to yeah. break out. He's yeah, going to have a yeah, great playoff run. To, yeah, he's been, cleared to, he's been cleared to play. He hasn't played in the last month. So we'll yeah. be just, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if he becomes a big factor too for the Rangers in the playoffs. So he could yeah, he's going to have to be. Going to be the X Factor now. Speaking of uh, the Capitals, uh, they'll be facing the Panthers. Uh, that's the, their first round. That also starts tomorrow at 6.30 on ESPN2. Uh Florida, they'll, they've had a pretty tumultuous season. I know Joe Quinville, you know, he got fired with all the stuff that's going on, mm -hmm. you know, with the Blackhawks. We won't go and rehash that, but they've been able to come back. You know, they are they can score. They're actually one of the top teams in scoring in the NHL uh, uh, in the regular season. So this could be a very interesting, especially with Washington. Washington, you know, kind of get some goal issues too. So both yeah. issues too. So that could probably help the Panthers a little bit. So. I'm thinking Panthers, maybe in five. I don't want to. You never want to count out. You're really stepping out on the limb on I, that one. You know what? I, I look. <laughs> I, might, I might regret that. Look, I I, I don't want to count out Ovechkin. Any any Washington uh, Capitals team, especially when it has Ovechkin in it. But I, I, I you know, they've kind of struggled the last few weeks. Washington has. Yeah. So I'm, I'm yeah, a little. Yeah. Uh, that's kind of why I'm I'm kind of like leaning towards the Panthers. But look, I wouldn't be surprised if the, if the Caps win it. I'll, I'll no, I'm with you. I, I I have Florida in seven. Uh, like you said, Ovechkin, he's been dinged up too for the last uh, couple mm -hmm. of weeks. And like I said, Washington hasn't been playing that great either. <laughs> like I said, I got Florida mm -hmm. in seven, but I, I wouldn't be shocked if the Caps won it. Like I said, I think Florida is just a little bit better overall as a team, but mm -hmm. we all know that Alex Ovechkin can carry a team in the series. So uh, we'll see what happens. It should be a very interesting competitive series. I got Florida coming out in seven. Yeah, the power play is definitely going to be the thing here because yeah. I think Florida is one of the the, you know, the top teams when it comes to power in the power play side. So that's going to be definitely going to be the thing here. Nashville and Colorado. I know we've been talking Colorado for like the last month. We've talked about hockey, Sid. I know they're, mm -hmm. <laughs> but I think the key is that can they do it in the playoffs? I know Kemper um, is right up there in the CSA, so they got they have the goalie uh, there. So. He's going to be uh, definitely going to be a key here. Uh, Devontae is also to a uh, mocker. Kale mocker is definitely going to be one of those guys that are probably going to have to score. You know, they're both, you know, top five and plus minus. So I'm, I'm, I'm thinking maybe Colorado. I'm not going to say they're going to sweep the press. I think the press can probably win a game, but uh, I think the, I think the app should have this series. I think. Yeah. Colorado should win this series. I had them in six. Cause I think Nashville will get an extra game or two. Like I said, this should be a five game. Series win for Colorado, but I got a sneaky feeling that uh, Nashville will pull one out of there. You know what? So I have Colorado in six. I know Nashville is one of the last teams to make it into the playoffs after the mm -hmm. Vegas Golden Knights got knocked out by the Blackhawks last week. So go <laughs> figure. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Colorado should win this series with a breeze. Yeah. They, yeah. And they'd be disappointed if they did. And the last. But not mm -hmm. least, you got Dallas and Calgary. That should be a that should be a fun series. That's gonna be the late game at nine o'clock on ESPN two. 
I'm looking forward to this one. I, I think this could be another one of those series where, look, both teams. I, I, Jesus. I, I mean, I, 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 I'm, I'm a little like full of cluster with this series because I, I kind of feel I'm, this is definitely one of those toss up series. I'll, I'll let me see what you say first about this one. I have Calgary in six. I know Dallas got a bunch of uh, young guns yes. uh, over there, but their goaltending is in question for me. On the mm-hmm. flip side of Calgary, Johnny Hockey, a.k.a. Johnny Grudel. Joe, I love him, bunch. yes. I love him too. So uh, he leads that young bunch. Of, they, those guys can get up and down the ice. So or who's going to slow down who? I don't know. This could be a surprising offensive series. Mm-hmm. This could, we, could be, we might see like 6-5 like or 5-4. Yeah, it could goals. be. You're not saying it's going to be, but it has the potential to be. It's a potential because both these teams can score, so that's going to be yeah. sort of the big thing there. And, uh, yeah, I think that's it. I know uh, uh, Matthews won the Rocket Rashad Award you know, mm-hmm. for, you know, the second, yeah, I think the last, second to last, you know, three seasons he's won that award so again will what what will end up winning it will it be you know the goal scorer will it be the goaltending and the defense and so we'll see that's how it is with the Stanley Cup so we'll definitely keep you guys updated with that so you're going to be doing some hockey here especially now that they're in the playoffs so mm-hmm. second season sports on sports on Chicago Lakina McGee and Cindy Brown with you once again as we still got some uh, got a few minutes left sis so what what else caught your eye, you know, sports media or anything else to that effect? Let's go back. Uh, before we get to the sports media news, I, I'm going to go back to uh, the baseball series uh, that's um, that's uh, kicking off today and tomorrow. Of course, you have the Minnesota Twins and the Baltimore Orioles. That series starts tonight, of course. Uh, the Diamondbacks and, and the Marlins. As you mentioned, the Marlins are kind of a surprise team this year uh, in Major League Baseball, of course. Uh the Show Me State Series in in Missouri, I should say, between Kansas City and, and the St. Louis Cardinals will kick off tomorrow in Kansas City. I know they have a makeup game that's currently going on right now in mm-hmm. St. Louis, and so that's taking place. Uh, the Yankees and the Blue Jays, uh, they get it on again for the second time this year. We all know what the Blue Jays did to the Astros over the weekend. The Yankees uh, swept the Royals. So uh, both these teams have had the top two records in baseball. This should be a hell of a series. I don't know if Garrett Cole is going to pitch in that series, but – Regardless of that, this should be a fun series. It doesn't look like like it going going through the pitching matchup for these next three series through three games. Okay. So it doesn't look like that's happening. I'll double check, but uh, it doesn't look like that's happening either. Uh, Angels in Boston. We'll see if Boston's been struggling lately. We'll see if the the Angels mm-hmm. as they continue their East Coast road trip. Pittsburgh and Detroit. That should be. Eh, just say one, two, two teams that a lot of people didn't really expecting too much of. You know, they're probably on their way up. Uh, of course, the Crosstown series, the Sox and the Cubs. Cincinnati and Milwaukee. I know Cincinnati has, you know, they've been not been very good <laughs> this year. Uh, Seattle and Houston, that should be a fun one in the AL West. Uh, they've already played already you know, a couple of weeks ago, so that should be an interesting one too. Uh, Washington and Colorado. Um, you know, Colorado, I'm sure it's going to be uh, probably like 10, 12 or something like that, or 12 to 10 or, you know, whatever. Uh, Tampa mm-hmm. and Oakland. I know Oakland's been struggling. That should be a uh, Interesting series too, and also to San Francisco and Los and the Dodgers. I'm looking forward to that one too. It's going to be their first uh, yeah. series of uh, first series this year, so this could be an interesting uh, game and uh, some really good ones this week. Yeah, like the like, like I say, Giants and Dodgers. That's the first time these two teams have faced off since last year's divisional series because it, it went the distance before Matt Scherzer. Now with the Mets, uh, he was with the Dodgers at from the trade deadline. He saved that game for the Dodgers on the road in San Francisco. So that's how that series ended last year. 
So there should be uh, there's always a front one. That's the two, like I said, uh, teams that really hate each other, uh, quote unquote. And of course, you have the Braves and the Mets, as you mentioned before. I'm really looking forward to that series. The Mets had the one of the best records of baseball. Of course, Atlanta's three games under 500, the defending world champs. Uh, Atlanta can use the series to turn to turn their season around here, even though we're a month in. Oh, boy, it's going to be a tough one going up against a hot Mets uh, pitching, especially. So that should be an interesting one. Also, San At least you'll get Matt Scherzer if you're the Braves. He pitched last right. night. <laughs> right. So uh, I guess that's one consolation. Also, San Diego and the Guardians. That should be an interesting series mm -hmm. as well. Also, Arizona and Miami, like you mentioned, and uh, Texas and Philadelphia. This I know Corey Seager's been playing really you – know, been pit, you know, hitting really well, I should say, for the Rangers. So if you're Philly, this is sort of a good way to kind of – this is kind of a get-right series for you. In mm -hmm. Philly, so uh, yeah, so very interesting series uh, this week. So it should be a lot of fun as we're kind of getting to like the you know, month into the season. Yes, it should be a lot of fun. You're listening to Second City Sports, the Monday edition, our first show for the month of May, right here on Sports Zone Chicago. We're live in living color. Sid Lakina here with you. Lakina, you say he has some sports media news before we check out. Yeah, uh, like I said, I talked about it a few minutes ago with the uh, the both the NBA and NHL playoffs. There could be some overlapping, especially since we have the NHL. To their credit, you know, ESPN, they're not going to put on ESPN+. Plus. They're all going to be on ESPN or ESPN2. Mm -hmm. So that I guess that should be a little bit of a constellation, a constellation there. A couple of these games could overlap. So you might be seeing some of these games on either ESPN2 or ESPNU. That should be a – yeah, that's sort of like the thing with that. So – uh, I know there's going to be a lot of you. I don't want to see any infight for all you uh, NHL and, and NBA fans. So um, I'm just going <laughs> to leave it there. Uh, some big ratings for uh, SVP and his uh, Sports Center sh uh, show. I think the ratings are up. And I think the average raise you know, up until last month, this past month, has been about, what, about just under 1.5 million. So, mm -hmm. and of course, too, he uh, dedicated. Uh, to his dog uh, who passed away. I think that got like almost 3 million views of, of the, the video that he tribute that he did to his, uh, his dad, Otis. So mm -hmm. his dog, Otis, I should say. So uh, yeah. So uh, things are looking good for SVP so far, especially in the sports center, especially since moving to DC. Yeah. I was just going to say he does that show from DC now. So yeah. So I, I try to catch it here and there. If it's not any games going on, which games, are, which uh, events are not going on at that time before the 11 PM Eastern edition of sports center with he's on there. So yeah, I, I, you know, he, he has a he has a personality. Of course, he's not like the late Stuart Scott was or anything like that, but he brings his own little uh, humor and personality to to that sports, and he's been working for years. Uh, I like how he brings his guy on for the bad beats segment. Mm -hmm. Those are really uh, entertaining for yours, truly. Yeah, those are, are a lot of – those are those are pretty Do fun You search, well. folks, <laughs> as he yeah. always says. Say, yeah, absolutely. Uh uh, the col College Bowl hosted by Peyton Manning that's been picked up for one for another season by NBC. Got good ratings in the first season, so we'll see what mm -hmm. season two holds. I think it's going to come on. I think later this summer. I think they're filming as we speak, and they haven't already done it. So a lot of uh, things going on. I know uh, Red Favre is going to be doing a weekly radio appearance on ESPN throughout the 2022 NFL season. That should be interesting. Potentially the last season for Aaron Rodgers. I'm just saying. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Yeah, I, I mean, okay. <laughs> well, I'm leaving that one alone. Um, also, we, we talked about on Friday, uh, the NFL announced that uh, Chargers and the Chiefs week two will be the uh, first game for the Amazon uh, Thursday night football schedule. Mm -hmm. um, 
a pretty solid not you know what I want to say a good raise I think the raise for the NFL draft for this year weren't that great for the most part I think because when you have some teams then participate in the first round I think the Bears were one of those those eight teams that didn't have a first round pick and then some other factors too the runs were a lot of buzz so I can kind of see why the Rays were not very good for the most part. I know oh, we, we don't know what the weekend Rays are, but yeah, not 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 great, but not bad. Not, not like terrible Rays, but not you know not mm-hmm. like super great Rays either for the the draft so far. And plus, we didn't have a a a, a, a big personality who's going to be the consensus number one pick. We didn't have a, a personality like a Johnny Manziel or somebody like that. And plus. As we said before, Lakeen, we all know that the NFL is run by the, uh, a star quarterback. We didn't have a star quarterback be consistent as the number one pick either. So I think those factors played in as well, why the ratings weren't as high. Yes, we all know the NFL is a 12-month 12 12 sport, but we didn't have any big personalities that really stood out to uh, captivate the country to really want to watch the draft. Like you say, it still got decent ratings, but we didn't have that big personality that helped sell it. We all see the will there, won't they? No defense. I think the first quarterback didn't get taken until I think like halfway through the the second round. That wasn't even the quarterback that a lot of people thought would go first. So, mm-hmm. and it, it's sort of one of those things where you kind of wonder that okay, had there been more, it was like there wasn't really the buzz. It was just that people just weren't really interested. You know, mm-hmm. defensive guys. You know, I thought I think Georgia had like twelve guys drafted, even total, which is the most ever. <laughs> so yeah. It's uh yeah, so it's sort of one of those things where it was a good draft, you know, it was solid coverage and such. So at 15, I should say, I know George, we had 15. Like, okay, yeah, you had 15 picks throughout the the 20, you know, this year's draft. Okay, relax, you you broke the record. That's the third most. Okay, <laughs> Texas in '84 and Notre Dame, and y'all got all the way back to 1946. So I guess go figure uh with that. So you know, a solid. I think probably I we forgot to ask Will this. I think. What grade would you give the Bears draft? Me personally, I would give it a C plus B minus. I know you can't get everything that you wanted, especially the as we said before, the Bears still have work to do to fill out this roster. It's just the beginning process for Matt Eva Plus and crew. So I would give it a B minus. Because I thought yeah. they were really go defensive heavy. Maybe I'm sure they'll do that next year. It depends on how this, this upcoming season turns out. But we all knew that they were going to uh, need help with the offensive line and, and get a stud wide receiver. I thought they would get a wide receiver with one of those second round picks. It turned out uh, for not, but uh, forever to be fair, about a B minus. Yeah, I'll give them a C plus. I think look, they mm-hmm. they need bodies. They only had like they only had like yeah. forty six guys in the roster at the time when they mm-hmm. did this, so they needed bodies. And they kept trading back, and you know they kept trading back again, and they had three picks, so. It's the Ryan Pace wouldn't have done that. <laughs> right. So, yeah, I think everyone was waiting. I heard uh, Cronin Cronin say this. Of course, you know, on ESPN Chicago, she was uh, filling in for Yurko and Carmen Yurko. And she said, yeah, they were just kind of, they're all just sort of like just sitting there, kind of just waiting to see. Yeah. Oh, and then they'll, they trade it back. Oh, we got to wait another 10 minutes. Okay, cool. So it was just sort of like craziness. Now, what would you give like the rest of the NFL? As a whole, with the, some of the various teams, you know, looking at some of the, uh, some of the needs that, that some of these teams, I know Philly had a really good draft. I think um, I think Buffalo had a really nice draft as well. They kind of uh, some of the some needs as well. I know Green Bay. I know they didn't get a wide receiver to like the fourth round, but yeah, I think we talked about it on Friday, Lakina. I I, I didn't think Chris Olive was uh, there for them to pick because uh, I thought that he would slide down to go to the Packers, but it turned out to be now. Of course, Olive uh, uh, got selected by the Saints. 
Mm-hmm. But I thought that Green Bay would uh, uh, go out and get a start right receiver to help out Aaron Rodgers. Devontae, Devontae Adams is no longer there, but uh, they didn't do that. So, Yeah, I think the Saints had a nice job because of that pick and a, and a few other teams. I know some people were questioning Baltimore. Baltimore, I think they had like six picks in the fourth round because they had like all these trades. So yeah. uh, I should have to get rid of Hollywood Brown. <laughs> well, I think that was more. I think that was more like money purposes. I think they were. He was due for a big contract, and they, of course, as they say, you don't want to pay running backs you know, a big premium. So that's probably one of the reasons why he left. I don't think anybody knows why Lamar Jackson kind of reacted the way you know they, he did. But you know, it is what it is. But it'll be interesting to see you know how you know some of the greats, some of the other uh, teams. Look at that. You know, there's some of them. I know Seattle. I guess they're going to be they're going to contend with Drew Lock. There were a couple, couple quarterbacks that could have taken it. Could I know there were a lot of I don't mean the kinds was you know was you know clamoring for Malik Willis from Liberty. Yeah, going to Tennessee. <laughs> so I saw that clip on social media the other day. Yeah, so uh, I guess they're going to be content with Drew Lock for now. But uh, yeah, so it was interesting. Some you know some teams you know sort of you're kind of you know scratch your heads. I think I think. Uh, the the Patriots sort of you're kind of like okay some of the some of the moves that they make you kind of you know scratch your head. Detroit had a really nice draft as well. So some teams you know, like 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 usual some teams you had better drafts than others. So but again it all gonna come out to what happens on the field. So can't really I forgot where did uh, Denar Walker that running back from Michigan State where did he get selected? Oh uh, you know Kenny Walker he's he, yeah he went, he went uh, in the first round I forgot which one did he go to Philly hold on let me check let me double check that but yeah. There were some people. Seattle, Seattle ended up taking them. Seattle, so, yeah, they desperately needed a run back, so that's going to be a great fit for him. Yeah, so it's going to be Virgin to see where where he goes with that. So, uh, yeah, so I think everybody, you know, I think some teams, of course, you know, got the needs they wanted, others didn't. So we'll just have to wait and see how that goes. Also, probably the big you know question mark now is where is Debo Samuel? He didn't get traded. So will the Niners, you know, keep him or will they try to trade him at some point? Before mini camp, that's no, that's kind of the one question that's sort of lingering still. I know they had uh, they selected a quarterback in the later rounds as well. So will that mean that uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is still in play? I know according to reports that GM John Lynch didn't like the offers that he received or, or for a potential trade for Garoppolo. I know Garoppolo had a shoulder surgery as well earlier this offseason. So it looks like that as of right now. Garoppolo and, and Debo will be part of your mix next year. If you're a 49ers fan, that's good, but it but it, it could be dangerous because if, if they both of those guys have outstanding years, they'll definitely, especially Debo, uh, he's going to command much more money on the open market, and he'll have no choice but say goodbye to San Francisco. You just see if Lynch you know, decides to sort of maybe right after next season, does he train so that maybe he can get something of value from him. So, yeah. Or maybe they'll figure it out. Maybe they'll work it out. So we'll see what happens. With that said, you can follow me at Kenny McGee on the Twitter and at Kenny Oscar McGee on the IG. You can follow your truly Sydney Brown on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, it's CK80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-8-0. S-I-D-K-I-D-8-0. Make sure you download the Sports Zone Chicago app to catch any of our five live shows, including this one. If you happen to miss them, you can watch and listen to them back at your own leisure. Follow Sports on Chicago on all social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Make sure you download the podcast, Second City Sports, by subscribing to War on Anchor. We're available on all podcast platforms, including that iHeartRadio app. And make sure you follow War Media at WARR Media on Facebook, Twitter, Twittergram. I just made my new social media platform again. Twittergram. Make sure you follow War Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Thank you very much in advance for your support.
Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. Yes. Make sure you catch Second City Sports every Monday, every Friday, live in 11 color right here at Sports on Chicago from noon to 2 p.m. Central Standard Time. One more again, as you young kids would say. Catch Second City Sports every Monday, every Friday, live from noon to 2 p.m. Central Standard Time right here at Sports on Chicago. All right. If you're not going to get vaccinated, wash your hands. Be good to each other and wear your mask. Um, enjoy the games this week, everybody. Got a lot of great playoff action in both the NBA and the NHL. So make sure you guys check that out. For Sid, I'm Lakina. You know, be safe out there, folks. This has been Second City Sports on Sports on Chicago, and we'll see you Friday. Go Sox! Holla! <laughs>